What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. I'm your host, the Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at the Fellow KGB. And it is Tuesday evening, September 1st. Welcome to September. We're doing my last mock draft of the year. I've been through all the positions, starting from 12, working my way down to one. We're taking Christian McCaffrey, of course. We got about 40-some seconds here before the draft begins. We're doing a 12-team mock on ESPN. And uh, we'll see who falls to us at the 2-3 turn. But, man, there's just so much going on this week, whether it's Leonard Fournette, uh, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, a lot of these top first-round running backs. Joe Mixon got paid today. There's a lot of movement uh, at the top of the board as far as running backs go. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how the, the people are feeling, and we'll see what they do. We have no question, and we're taking Christian McCaffrey. And I think if you get the choice to pick your draft pick this year, I want a top-five pick. I want McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott. Derrick Henry, or if you get the fifth pick, you just get Michael Thomas. And I think that's not a total, uh, that's that's not a bad thing at all. So last I checked, Michael Thomas is pretty good. So we're going to go ahead here and we're just going to snag Christian McCaffrey. We got the one-on-one. You pretty much know what you're doing. No prep needed there. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be checking out the, I guess we're really interested to see what happens to us at the end of the two and beginning of the three. Uh, I, I mean, I'm playing just in a 12-team PPR mock right now. Uh, I do a lot of super flex leagues, so we'll, I'm interested to see where Lamar Jackson and uh, Patrick Mahomes go. But I'm gonna—I um, guess we're looking here at the board. Dalvin Cook went third overall. Uh, Elliott number four. We'll kind of keep on recapping here. Uh, but yeah, I got tons of mock draft videos out. So if you don't know your position yet, you can check out some of those if you need some help. Uh, but I got a bunch of other good stuff out. I just recorded a mock draft, a uh, little, a little mock draft last night reviewing rounds five through seven those might be the most important rounds uh i think in your fantasy draft so how you come out in those rounds that's going to be the ones that hit uh the biggest value for you and it's going to boost you up or down the most uh so here we are we're just kind of rolling we're still stuck at four number five is up the alvin kamara situation is really weird guys um it seems like he's been in camp and he's been he's been you know doing the meetings and going through everything and now he's got kind of the standoff going on here. So I'm a little bit more nervous to draft Kamara. I think I would, I mean, I'm definitely, I I have Derrick Henry as the fourth best player on my board. Uh, I'm taking Henry over Cook. I'm taking Henry over Kamara. I just feel a lot safer with Derrick Henry uh, compared to the other guys. Uh, And I'd probably take Michael Thomas over Cook over Kamara as well. I mean, if you're drafting tonight or the next couple days, hopefully this Kamara situation gets resolved. Hopefully the Leonard Fournette situation gets resolved too. There's a lot of moving pieces and parts right now to the fantasy football drafts. Uh, But yeah, I think, I mean, if you're not drafting on Labor Day weekend, uh, this is the time to push your league commissioner, your, your fellow league members to say, hey, save the date, Labor Day weekend. That's always the draft weekend that I do my most important drafts. Uh, I usually do my dynasty drafts in May, uh, but I mean, those you're just drafting rookies. So it's a little bit different. Uh, but as far as redrafting, you, you know, your best buddy home leagues, you got to be doing those Labor Day weekend, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Uh, so we're moving along here. Clyde Edwards-Alaire went sixth, Derrick Henry seventh, Michael Thomas eighth. Uh, it's kind of a slow roller here. We'll see if some of these guys get auto-picked. Uh, but I mean, if you're drafting at the back end of the first round right now, Joe Mixon, uh, now that his contract is resolved, uh, you look at what Joe Mixon did at the end of last season. Uh, and then you think about getting offensive lineman Jonah Williams back, you know, Joe Burrow is going to be injecting a lot of energy into this team. And it's also year two of the offensive system for for the head coach, Zach Taylor. So I like what the Bengals are doing. And uh, I, I can totally see Joe Mixon being a top 10 pick now, you know, somewhere in that 9, 10, 11, 12 range. Uh, so don't be afraid to start with Joe Mixon. 
and I'm just going to pull up Joe Mixon's numbers real quick because I was uh, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how I think it was Evan Silva that said it, but after like week eight or nine, uh, the Bengals coaching staff made a little change in how they were they're doing their run schemes, and that's when you see Joe Mixon kind of pop off here. So. Uh, the first half of the year, he didn't have a single 100-yard rushing game. But then you look at the back half, he had one, two, three, four 100-yard rushing games, an 86, a 79, then he started racking up some touchdowns. So he didn't score a touchdown until week 11 last year in the rushing column. He did catch his touchdowns early. Uh, but you see the running game dramatically improved. I think he was second in the league in rushing yards uh, in these last you know half of the season. So you see these numbers here with Mixon too, you know, and it looks like about 17 fantasy points. And then he's got those boom weeks uh, in his range of outcomes. So I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, opposed to Joe Mixon at the end of the first. We see, we see, uh, I guess, after Thomas, it went Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, uh, Austin Eckler. So the guy with Mixon pairs him with Austin Eckler. I kind of like that move to get, uh, I'm a big fan of pairing two running backs uh, together at the, if you're sitting at the end of the first round uh, because it kind of hedges the bets. You know, there's a lot of question marks with Jacob Sanders, Aaron Jones, Kenyon Drake. Um, so I'm all these guys could be running back ones or running back twos. So if you get two of them, I just think that's probably the best way uh, to attack that back end in the draft. But I do get it if you want a receiver. I mean, Devontae Adams should be off the board by now. The fact that he's available on 2-4, this guy should run this pick in. Uh, Devonte is one of the safest picks, and I I don't think I would I don't think it's too crazy to take Devonte at eight or nine overall this year over some of the running backs that have a couple questions. Uh, and we see Julio Jones go over Devonte Adams. Um, I, I mean I'm a I'm from Green Bay, so there's a little bit of bias, but uh, I have all all the boxes are checked with Devonte. He's going to probably be uh, outside of Michael Thomas. He's got the best chance to be the number one wide receiver. The targets are going to be there. The connection with Rodgers is there. Uh, he's going to get probably double-digit touchdowns. So it's all lining up really, really well for Devontae Adams this year. So don't let him fall, people. He should be a first-round pick. Um, so we're getting close here. We're up to pick 17. All the running backs are pretty much off the board that I would have been looking for. And now we're just looking at uh, the tight ends and the receivers, whether that's DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and then, of course, Kelsey and Kittle. And then you're going to start thinking about, we're probably not going to going to pounce on Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes because this is a one quarterback league. Uh, but at 24 and 25, that's probably where you have to start thinking about them with your first pick. Uh, but we're, I mean, because we already got McCaffrey, we know every week we're not moving McCaffrey out of our lineup. So we really only need maybe two or three more running back options. So if we do like the two receivers here, we could aim to get some running backs, you know, maybe in the fifth or sixth or seventh rounds. Uh, so we'll see how that game goes, but I have a feeling taking two receivers at the top here, and if one of Kelsey or George Kittle fall to us, I think we're going to have a hard time passing on those guys twice. Um, so we'll see what happens here. But then, uh, so yeah, we, we see a run of receivers here, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, if you wanted a running back here, the best one that I have available is James Conner, but it seems like a reach at this point. Uh, based on, the, I mean, it's ESPN, so the, the ADP is not as accurate as it could be. Uh, and they got James Conner down here at RB45. So maybe we'll see if Conner, uh, he's probably not going to fall to us on the other end. But if you're drafting in your home leagues, uh, I think James Conner is the running back to target in the third round. Uh, I think I'm going to go double receiver here, though, hopefully. The fact that Kelsey and Kittle are still on the board has me interested. Um, but I guess looking at some of the receivers on the board here, I'm a fan of Julio in the second. Uh, Devontae is a first rounder. 
I'm not really interested in DeAndre Hopkins this year. I think people are drafting him above his ceiling. He was wide receiver five last year. And I just, I don't see him being able to beat his numbers from last year. So, ooh, Chris Carson, round two, pick seven. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin, round deck, baby. Uh, Mike Evans, George Kittle, top of the list. I, I, I like both those guys. I want, I've been talking a lot about this lately, is you want in, you want into the best offenses in football this year, whether that's Kansas City, Dallas, Tampa Bay, um, the Ravens. Uh, the fact that we're getting George Kittle here, we almost have to consider taking him here. Um, so we're going to go ahead here and just lock in uh, our tight end one. You know, we're not going to have any questions. We're, we're leaving George Kittle in every single week. And now we get to decide what receiver uh, do we want the most here or do we want Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes? Maybe that's the way to do it. Uh, but for me, the highest player on my board is going to be DJ Moore. And from a PPR standpoint, let's take a look at what DJ Moore did uh, last year. And keep in mind, he played with Kyle Allen. I think a game or two might have been with Will Greer. Uh, and then, I, I mean, the first week or so was with Cam Newton. But he was wide receiver 15 or 16 last year. Again, 135 targets, uh, 87 receptions, 1,175 yards, and four touchdowns. He's only got six career touchdowns. I think he's getting more than six in this year alone. And if you look on a points per game basis, uh, I mean, he got hurt week 16. Uh, so he didn't play week 16 or 17. So really he only played in 14 games. So that's pretty remarkable to see him do that. So this, this average is going to be a lot better. If we, if we got rid of that, he's probably averaging upwards of 17, 18 points per game. Uh, you just look at the steady consistency of a guy like DJ Moore, where sure every now and then he'll have one, you know, eight point game. Uh, but for the, for the most part, I mean, this guy's hitting 17 points. I think that's going to be his floor uh, expectation for most week is he's going to get you 17 to 18 points. And if he starts scoring touchdowns, I mean, you think about what Teddy Bridgewater did with Michael Thomas last year, uh, that kind of quick slot receiver where he just gets open right away and Teddy Bridgewater can execute the play quickly. I think that meshes really well uh, with a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. So I'm all in on DJ Moore. And uh, now we have a really well-balanced team. And we did, we did draft two Panthers. I don't know if that uh, makes me, I, I'm not as nervous to draft two players from the same team. Uh, now that I see that, I probably might have looked elsewhere. But the thing is, like the Panthers defense is not going to be great. And um, we have evidence of this last year. We know Christian McCaffrey is going to probably be the, the number one or number two running back. And the fact that DJ Moore is still able to get his points uh, with a struggling quarterback like Kyle Allen, uh, it really doesn't make me worry too much. Uh, I'm probably just going to be that much more interested in watching the Carolina Panthers games. Uh, but we see here, DJ Moore, wide receiver 15 last year. And keep in mind, this was, I wonder if I can do the math real quick and we'll, we'll kind of figure out where he could have been. Um, so we see 232.5 fantasy points. Let me just use my calculator real quick. Um, so 232.5 PPR points. He gets 1.1 here, so we're going to subtract that. And then we'll divide that by the 14 games. So he was averaging a steady 16 and a half points. So if we look and see, let's filter here by fantasy points, uh, 16 and a half points would have put him as wide receiver eight last year. So I like how that sounds. And then again, he's got low touchdown numbers. I really think that he's going to score more than four touchdowns this year. So uh, DJ Moore is one of those guys. I don't want to have to tell you too much, but I'm, I'm really into – I'm, I'm low-key into the Carolina Pan uh, Panthers offense this year because not a lot of people are expecting much out of them this year. Their defense is going to be garbage. So they're going to be in, in, they're in the NFC South where all those teams have high-octane offenses. Uh, they're going to have to play keep up a lot.
So at the moment right now, we got Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and George Kittle. Again, I'm not too worried about having two really good players on a good team where I know that that's just how the offense is going to run through it. Uh, something good's going to happen. Uh, whether they score two or three touchdowns that day, I know I'm probably getting two or three of them. So anyways, we are moving along here into – let me kind of do a recap. After we took DJ Moore, you see Lamar Jackson, Kenny Galladay, Le'Veon Bell. That's too high for Le'Veon Bell, guys, at the 3-4. 304, and then Adam Thielen, uh, David Johnson, probably too high for David Johnson, Allen Robinson. I'm not taking Allen Robinson. The value here for running back is James Conner in the third round. I love everything about the Pittsburgh offense. And then Juju Smith-Schuster right after. Cowboys, an offense we want to target. Tyler Lockett, we want to target Seattle Seahawks passing you know, weapons. Uh, and then you get Odell Beckham, Todd Gurley, Cooper Cup, Cortland Sutton, uh, Melvin Gordon, Patrick Mahomes falling into the fourth round, Ron Deck here, uh, Calvin Ridley, Kareem Hunt going in 4-7, Robert Woods, T.Y. Hilton, Mark Andrews, and A.J. Brown. Dang it, I really, really wanted A.J. Brown, uh, but this sets up really nicely for us because uh, I kind of wanted to make sure – I'm going to be telling everyone that, uh, oh, Jesse GM, what's up in the, what's up in the house, dude? Uh, we're just doing some mock drafting, dude. We got the first overall pick here. I'm taking D.K. Metcalf here. Uh, I wasn't really thinking, and I, I drafted Christian McCaffrey with DJ Moore. So I guess we're saying go Panthers as well as go White Sox, apparently. So uh, I wish I could. I mean, Zach Gertz at this value is pretty good. I'm going to just take my guy Terry McLaurin here. And now our receiver room is set up with DJ Moore, DK Metcalf, and Terry McLaurin. I think that's one of the most exciting uh group of receivers that I could have built so far. So now we really just need to look at running backs and try to get maybe two more guys that can compete for our RB2 spot. We could have taken a guy like Ronald Jones or Raheem Mostert here. Uh, even Jonathan Taylor was still on the board. But for me, I have more confidence in the wide receivers. Uh, so, yeah, your draft just started. You're on the other end. All right. Yeah, you're in the 12 spot, right? I could send you a link. Do you want to hang out and hop on? We could chat it through. We can uh, we can look at the boards. Yes. Okay. I will. Uh, I'll send you an invite in the chat real quick. Uh, your our individual one. Let me just open this up. All right, so we're going to get some company here from uh, my good friend Jesse. He's going to be hopping in the chat. He's going to be probably doing a live draft too. Um, so I'm, ju I'm just doing a mock draft right now, but we'll get some input from him and see where his board's looking at. Uh, but, yeah, we're kind of just moving around into the sixth round here. Uh, after we took Metcalf and McLaurin, we see Jonathan Taylor, Devin Singletary, Zach Ertz, DeAndre Swift, Dak Prescott, Cam Akers. Uh, if there's a, I'm really hoping a running back falls to us at the 7-8 turn. Uh, but again, like I said, I could have taken uh, any of the running backs like Ronald Jones, Raheem Mostert. Those are probably my two favorite running backs at this point in the draft. You would just see Ronald Jones go. Uh, Cam Akers could have been a prospect. Jonathan Taylor could have been a prospect as well. But again, uh, I'm kind of just drafting players that I feel the most comfortable with. And I kind of, I mean, all those running backs, I still have a little bit of question with. Uh, but whereas DK Metcalf, I feel really good about him being over 1,000 yards. I think he's getting 10 touchdowns plus this year. And then Terry McLaurin, I mean, he had over 900 yards last year, and I think it was eight touchdowns. 
Uh, so to me, that's his floor. He's going to have a really good season, I think, this year, year two with Dwayne Haskins. So uh, we're moving along here. We see after Ronald Jones go, it's Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry, DJ Chark. Uh, a lot of people are nervous about the Jaguars right now, but I think that's fair value for Chark at 5'11". And then uh, David Montgomery closes out the fifth round. So we'll see if we can get uh, – I would really like to get Raheem Mostert to fall to us. He's the best available player. But uh, we'll, we'll pivot if we have to, and we'll, we might have to do a little running back by committee at the RB2 spot. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm just looking around here at other best available. Mark Ingram, uh, he's an interesting guy. I really like J.K. Dobbins, too. We talked about at the top about wanting to get into these best offenses in the league, whether that's Kansas City, Baltimore, Dallas, Tampa Bay. Um, there's just a couple offenses that you want to make sure you get a piece of. And uh, there's other offenses, too, that we feel really good about, you know, whether it's the Rams with their pass receivers and their tight ends and, and just the way the offense is going to flow. We're, we really want to be looking at uh, where a team is going to succeed this year. So uh, to kick off round six, we see Marquise Brown, Darren Waller, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray. There goes Raheem Mostert, Russell Wilson. We're probably going to wait a little bit on quarterback here and we'll see what happens. Uh, but at the moment right now, the running back room. We could, at the turn here, we could end up taking a guy like Tariq Cohen, Mark Ingram. Um, I really like J.K. Dobbins. There are some really good news reports about J.K. Dobbins today. And I don't think it's that crazy for us to take Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. We get back-to-back -back picks here. We're locking in uh, the running back field for the, for the Baltimore Ravens this year. And that's, uh, that's, that's, again, that's one of those pieces that I'm really, really confident in. And I just think attached to Lamar Jackson, I think – both running backs have a chance to be uh, exceptionally good this year. And especially a guy like J.K. Dobbins, who uh, the ceiling yet is unknown with him. It could, you know, the first week he could get, he could get like eight carries and bust like maybe two of those uh, for some big gains. So I think because we're scarce at the running back position, that might be the way to go. Uh, we're going to be looking at the receivers here too. I really like Michael Gallup. Uh, I was eyeing up Tyler Boyd. Um, because he's going to be the slot receiver for Joe Burrow, and that's that's always been a good thing for him with Justin Jefferson. And he's really the only healthy receiver besides Auden Tate. So I really like Tyler Boyd in the sixth or seventh round. Uh, Devontae Parker goes next. Tom Brady. So quarterbacks are starting to fly off the board a little bit. Uh, we are currently on deck. We see A.J. Green go next. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm a big fan of Michael Gallup here. We talked about wanting to get a piece of the Dallas Cowboy offense. Uh, and then Stefan Diggs goes next. We, so we really could use a running back too. So I think what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to cover with Mark Ingram. Uh, we feel really good about Mark Ingram. I know he's 30, 31 years old, but he's going to be fine to cover with us uh, at that spot. And then I think what I'm going to do here is because um, it would be a, probably a really cool idea to see what happens if we just lock up the Ravens backfield with J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram. Uh, if anything happens to one of those guys, we know the other one's going to probably shoot up in value. Uh, and then there's potential. Uh, I mean, I was looking at the stats last year, and I think Gus Edwards, he ended up getting like 130 carries. I know he didn't get a lot of touchdowns, but a guy like J.K. Dobbins, they're going to want to give him as much work as they can. So I'm just looking for, for Gus Edwards on this list from last year. He was RB51. He's not going to – I mean, J.K. Dobbins is going to catch a lot more passes than seven – uh, and then I just think that he's going to get more carries than this too. But you like the yardage. I think J.K. Dobbins has a shot at 800, 900 yards. And then I'm going to I'm going to bet the over on touchdowns here. So there's a there's a crazy outside chance that maybe Dobbins and Mark Ingram both end up as you know an RB two and three. 
so Dobbins on her bench, that's good. Um, it's just a good handcuff. It's not really a handcuff. It's more of a 1A, 1B situation. Um, so are you having problems getting into that link, Jesse, at all? I'll see if I can send you another one, unless you're having technical difficulties. I'll send it one more time. So at this point of our draft, we, we with the number one pick, we've essentially we've locked in three really good wide receivers. Uh, we're looking at three running backs. Christian McCaffrey, we know we're not moving. We got Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins for the long haul. And then we got George Kittle. So at this point from here on out, we're going to be taking best player available and uh, just seeing where the board falls. I was a really big fan of Michael Gallup. Um, so I could have taken Michael Gallup here to be the first player on our bench. Uh, Evan Ingram, another good tight end. Jamison Crowder is going to be a guy getting a lot of targets this year. They don't have any really healthy receivers in uh, New York the, the, on the Jets. And then we did see Chris Herndon go down today with an injury. Will Fuller, Marvin Jones, Tyler Higby. I'm into all those guys in the seventh round. Um, and I'm just trying to see here if this link is not working. Uh, but anyways, we are, we're moving here into the end of the seventh, early eighth round. Uh, Julian Edelman, Tariq Cohen, Debo Samuel. There might be a couple other running backs here that I like. Uh, but at the moment right now, I don't feel like we have a need to address any position. We need a, we still need a quarterback, uh, but the quarterbacks just keep going for days. Uh, I don't care if we end up with a, with some kind of tandem of maybe Matthew Stafford. I mean, Josh Allen's still available. That's pretty good for uh, this part of the draft. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, we talked about the Steelers offense being uh, potentially one of those teams that people are sleeping on. And it wouldn't surprise me if they're a top five offense this year. Um, I still like Cam Newton's kind of hidden upside. Ryan Tannehill, Jared Goff, those guys are both going to be uh, scoring points and leading efficient offenses. So uh, we're probably going to ignore quarterback for a little bit yet. Uh, running backs that stick out to me. Uh, Philip Lindsay's a, a solid bench piece to have. Uh, he just goes now. Um, uh, Zach Moss, he could be in a 1A, 1B situation with Devin Singletary. Uh, but at the moment right now, none of these running backs are really sticking out. I think we can wait and maybe get some of these PPR backs, whether it's Naheem Hines, uh, Boston Scott, Chase Edmonds, uh, even Benny Snell as a backup, you know, uh, Josh Kelly. There's there's some running backs in the back end that we can look towards. Uh, but as receivers go, I still like a lot of these guys, whether it's Deontay Johnson. Maybe we look for Sterling Shepard, who's the wide receiver one for the Giants. Uh, Christian Kirk's getting a lot of nice coverage with DeAndre Hopkins on the field. Uh, Preston Williams, we haven't seen, I guess Devontae Parker has not been seen at practice for the last few days. So this is leaving Preston Williams to kind of just keep working with the ones and getting a leg up and getting in rhythm with the offense. So I'm a big fan of Preston Williams. He might be a guy that we pull the trigger on here. Um, there was some big news in Las Vegas today. They put uh, Tyrell Williams on IR today. Uh, so a lot of people are excited about uh, Henry Ruggs. They're excited about uh, Brian Edwards. Uh, but for me, I'm not taking either of those Raiders receivers before a guy like CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy. Uh, we so we talked about not getting a piece of the Cowboys offense yet. Uh, I'm probably going to target CeeDee Lamb coming up in a little bit because you just you just want good pieces of, of this offense. And it sounds like CeeDee Lamb's been one of the best players in camp. And I just Randall Cobb was the wide receiver 42 last year. And uh, you think about what CeeDee Lamb can do basically in the same role. I think he's going to offer a lot more. He's going to score more than the three touchdowns that Cobb had last year. And there's a, there's a legit chance that this Cowboy 
like the whole all, all three receivers could be over a thousand yards this year. Uh, it's why I love Dak Prescott. The whole offense is just going to be really hard to defend. I really don't know how you do it from a defensive standpoint. Um, so I'm just going to ask Jesse if this is working. We'll see if we can get Jesse Meineke in here. Uh, so anyways, we are up to pick. I'm just going to go ahead and slam my pick of C.D. Lamb here. We get our Cowboy receiver on the bench. Uh, we'll, we'll just be diligent here and look at our running back situation. No one's really sticking out here. I do like Antonio Gibson. Naheem Hines, but at this point, I mean, we're, we're pretty safe here. McCaffrey's not moving, and we're just going to rotate. Uh, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins will find a guy for the bye weeks later. Tight ends, Rob Gronkowski could be kind of fun, uh, but I think I'd like to close out my receiver position. So whether that's Sterling Shepard, maybe it's Preston Williams here. We'll go ahead here and take Preston Williams, because I think he's going to be really close with uh, Devontae Parker in terms of production this year and their ADPs are just way different. So awesome. We have the fellow JGM joining the house. What's up, Jesse? Hey, man. How are we doing today? We're rolling, dude. I'm just trying to get rid of this last mock draft that I've been putting off. Um, From the one spot, yeah. saving the best for last? Well, I was, I basically, I saved the easiest for last. Uh, I wanted to kind of work through strategies on the way up. But uh, did your draft start yet? Where are we at? Yes, we are halfway through round three here. I'm How'd on the you, I'm on the turn. So this is a classic friends league. You know, a lot of the people that are watching, listening, and tuning in, these are the leagues they're going to be in. So it's kind of nice to get that perspective. Uh, I started the 12th spot with Nick Chubb and Devontae Adams. Whoa. Yeah, so I'm feeling really good about that. I was not expecting to get him. I was thinking Julio or Tyreek maybe, but. Is there a link you can send me to the board to monitor? Uh, is there a way to do that? I mean, just the link at the top. Even am I able to 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 monitor it? That's a good. Well, let's find out here. Put this in the, chat here. To the point at this this mock draft where I've set it all up, and I really only have four more picks left. I have to pick a quarterback and some bench pieces. Uh, so maybe we could uh, we could pivot and look towards that and just kind of hang out. And I don't know. Yeah. He's trying to get me to play Warzone, but I'm just not. I did not want to <laughs> right now. No, it's football season, man. Today was so weird, man. It was an odd day with the reports and the Kamar situation, but now all of a sudden it seems like, oh, no, he's going to show up. He's fine. So I wonder if uh, Saints played their card and read the bluff of Kamara and he'll get paid. Yeah, it's a, it's a matter of maybe meeting in the middle at 14 and a half million or something like that. Right. I mean, you have to understand that he's not McCaffrey. Right. I read a f f – Four-year, fifty million was on the table, and I, if he passes that up, I think he's a fool because running backs just don't get paid anymore. And he's getting paid more than Mixon. I mean, if that if he cares about winning there, uh, I think that's right. just take the victory. Um, so it says it's loading that draft. I put that link in the sidebar. Um, oh yeah, we'll see if it gets you in there or not. I'll be curious. I don't know if it's because I have too much stuff going on my internet's right now. I'm trying to refresh it. Yeah, so uh, Kamara fell to sixth. Not too bad. Devlin Cook went fourth. There are a lot of Minnesota people in this league, so that's expected. Uh, people you've met through Madison and uh, these are people I've met through Chicago, and then there are people that they went to college with up in Minnesota. At, so Minnesota, Chicago, nice mix of mix of Midwestern. Uh, the pick of the the surprise pick was ninth overall when Aaron Jones. Nice. I thought that was interesting. 
right. I'm up to pick here in my mock draft. Jerry Judy is still available. I've got a lot of receivers. He'd be like my sixth receiver, but uh, I mean, at this point in the in the, the end of the tenth round, like I still need a quarterback. Let me just read the quarterbacks: Drew Brees, Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I'm just gonna pull Matt Stafford here. Um, are you almost up to pick with your third round pick? I'm up in four picks. Four picks. I wonder, I wonder if you can share your screen. If I can allow you to, if I hit stop screen share, are you? Do you see the, on the bottom where it says screen share? Yep, share screen. Yeah, go ahead and do that. And uh, basically, I'm just gonna scrap this <laughs> this round one mock. If you need help with mock drafting, hit me up on Twitter. Watch all my other videos. We're gonna be pivoting here to a real live. Uh, actual draft here that matters. It's a 12-team. I believe it's a PPR league. Yes, PPR. So sweet. Let's. Um, I guess I need to add that to the stream. Yeah, yeah. I, I threw it up there, so let's see what you get. I just got like this big, massive time warp. Um, yeah, I think that's going on. Here, did you, here remove it. Stop sharing. All right, so I'm not sharing anymore. Screen share. Do you see where it says application window? All right, so screen share, yeah. application window. And then click your that one. link. All right, how about that one? So that I'm still getting, I'm still getting this massive time warp here. Yeah, hmm. um, right, so. Do you have them? In, do you have the? Do you have like? Them hey, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I can do this. Hang on, let's try this one. If you separate them into different windows and then just minimum, yeah, there it is. That's where. There you go. Are we good now? Now we're good. Okay. I'm up in two picks here. So the one part about ESPN is they don't give you a nice big draft board to look at. Mm -hmm. Kind of unfortunate. I'm going through pick history here. I can't. Yeah, it's not like a nice squared off. Yeah, I need to see the, the chart. I know it's kind of annoying. Uh, and they, they do have the pick history on the right, but it's not ideal because there's chats and everything. It's yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went, I went here. So we're in the third round. We just saw Thielen Ridley Gurley go. Got Is that AJ little. available? AJ Brown sitting there. AJ Brown. Here's our board. DJ Moore's there. I'm probably thinking DJ Moore for sure if he's there. Oh, and there he is. Wait, DJ, DJ Moore. Moore? No, Cooper yeah, Cup. Yeah. Cooper Cup just went. So DJ Moore's alive. All right. Uh, yeah. That just makes that just seems like an auto select for me there, and I'm thinking James Conner as well. So that's going to be a nice core four. I'm really feeling good about that. Yeah, I would uh, I would totally agree with that. Adams and DJ Moore is a great. I mean, look, I have I have Adams as wide receiver two and DJ Moore as wide receiver six in my projections. Yeah, um, last year I uh, I won that with Tyreek Hill and DJ Moore as a one of my core pieces, and I might as well just go right back to Moore. I just. So I was I was talking. I don't know if you heard me being like when you when you got into the the chat or my live stream, but I was looking at DJ Moore's numbers, and it says he played in 15 games. He really only played 14 full games. But if you took his 14 game pace and average, he would have been wide receiver eight last year. And like uh, the big number that is going to be his the variable for his success this year is touchdowns. He's only got six career touchdowns. He's never had more than four in a season. DJ Moore is getting more than four touchdowns this year. I don't care uh, how many he gets. If it's five, I'll take the five, but he's getting more than he's, – he's setting a career high in touchdowns this year. I feel pretty confident about that. Yeah. So, actually, my buddy was up. He took Cortland Sutton. So, uh, got lucky there. So. Silly. Getting DJ Moore basically at the beginning of the fourth round, 
Uh, and then you're going to get James Conner, who I did a best ball this morning. James Conner went 210, round two pick 10. Yeah, so I think in your home leagues, these, you know, because you're looking at these are ESPN rankings. So when people are just sorting by ESPN, James Conner is so far down this list that he's, he's virtually a mid fourth rounder. And these guys aren't, they're not doing their research as much. They're not listening to these podcasts. They're not getting that inside information. James Conner should smash all the running backs in this range, unless maybe JT hits his absolute ceiling. Uh, Connor's probably your safest play. Uh, he is. Yeah, just, yeah, I, I kind of broke it off in my tears and I said, Connor is the one running back in the third round that I'll pay for. I will pay for Jonathan Taylor in the fourth round. Uh, but again, Connor has to be gone. And then I think a guy like a guy like AJ Brown, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett. I don't know if I can take Jonathan Taylor over those receivers because I love them so much. Uh, but if you need a running back in the fourth, that's where Taylor looks really good. And this isn't a keeper league or anything. This is just straight up redraft. This is just straight up redraft, yeah. In full PPR. Yeah. The other thing about DJ Moore I want to mention is his skill set with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is a dink and dunk kind of guy. So that's just Fitch DJ Moore. You get him the ball, let him run in space. I mean, is he a, is he a potential to catch 100 balls this year? Or do you think they're going to spread it out too much? Probably to yeah. get 100. He 87 in 14 games last year with Kyle Allen. That is just absurd. Michael Thomas did not miss a beat with Teddy Bridgewater. And you think about this new offense that they're integrating in Carolina with Joe Brady and Matt Rule. The, the LSU offense, this is what we're basically going to see this college LSU offense, which is probably one of the greatest offenses in college that I've seen on tape. We're going to see this basically enter the NFL. And the only difference between the LSU offense and the Carolina offense is probably offensive line is a lot better play when it was in LSU. Uh, but the weapons that the Panthers get to have is is it's pretty equal to what LSU would use. Basically, players, you know, you got Clyde Edwards-Alaire kind of is the Christian McCaffrey of the college offense. Um, yep, absolutely. EJ Moore equals Justin Jefferson. I would say Kurt, maybe Robbie Anderson equals Jamar Chase. Right. I don't think they're going to have that that Jamar Ch- that Chase type role. I mean, I, I think Robbie's going to be more of that decoy. But it might be just because t- Teddy Bridgewater's skill set fits that better. Yeah, Bridgewater's not, like, he's not going to chuck it 40, 50 yards downfield. But there's going to be those little pockets, you know, in the corners of like 20, 25 yard out routes and, and post corners and stuff that are going to work really well. Um, but everything's going to be short area, middle of the field. And I think, I think Bridgewater, people are sleeping on Bridgewater in our super flex leagues. Yeah, absolutely. I think in a super flex, he's a he's a perfect kind of QB too. So after you took Connor, was it Beckham? Yeah, let's go ahead and go down to here. We got Odell, then Le'Veon Bell, then David Johnson. So I feel really good about getting Connor ahead of those guys. And now if you look at the running backs, I mean, let's check it out real quick. Melvin Gordon's kind of that last starter, but do we really feel that? I feel like I've been reading a lot of drum beat. The drum beat, as we'll go with, is uh, Philip Lindsay's dominating. He's looking good. He's outplaying Melvin Gordon right now. Completely a one A one B situation. Um, Absolutely. I won't pay a fourth or I won't even pay a sixth round for Melvin Gordon because I still know I can get Philip Lindsay in the eighth. Yeah, yeah. I think that their ADPs need to be a lot closer. Just like I think, looking down this list a little bit, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins deserve to be a little bit closer. That report from Harbaugh saying that he really likes J.K., he's going to get him involved. That, that's that got to get you excited. I know you're a big Dobbins guy. What do you think about getting Ingram and Dobbins on the same team in fantasy? 
You know, I think in the beginning, Ingram's probably going to start getting the touches, and then once you see that transition take place, maybe you can try and trade Ingram. If you can get him to an owner who's not quite on that same page as you, but uh, two running backs on one team, that's – I don't know. How do you feel? Would you ever start both of them? Uh, to start the year, Ingram would slot into my RB2 spot. I don't have any problem with that. And then you're going to be very – I think J.K. Dobbins has flex value as soon as week one. Because all he needs is one play. He's going to probably get upwards of eight to 10 carries at best week one, right? Maybe that sounds, you know, he's going to get a handful of series, maybe get eight to 10 carries. But those eight to 10 carries could be, call it 10 for 72. All it takes is him to just break one of those 10 carries uh, because people are are catching, you know, they're getting caught watching Lamar or Marquise or something. Um, And then he has the ability to get a touchdown at almost any touch. And uh, I'm looking at the Baltimore Ravens stats from last year. They gave 202 carries to Mark Ingram, and they gave 133 to Gus Edwards. Um, So that 133 divided by 16 games, that's 8.3. That's 8.3 touches. I I just they're gonna get they're gonna get in more than 133 carries at some point this year. So there's gonna be like this gradient. I don't know of heavy Ingram to start the year, and I think uh, Dobbins is probably gonna be the guy getting upwards of. 12 to 15 carries come December. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, th- I mean, you got to slot him in for at least Gus's role plus, right? I mean. And Gus only – so Gus was RB51 last year. He only had seven catches. He only had two touchdowns. Dobbins is getting more than two touchdowns. Dobbins is getting more than seven catches. So RB51, like, is his worst-case scenario where he's, he's not useful. Uh, but because of that, I'm just looking here – if I, I mean, if we add upwards of maybe 20 to 40 points of fantasy for him, because he's going to have probably more yards, more touches, more touchdowns, uh, that extra maybe 30 to 40 points at the position, let's see, that would put him at, so we had 94 points. If we add 40 to that, I mean, that would put him at RB 38. And all it, I mean, there's still injury upside if, if Mark Ingram goes down. Um, so he's, he's definitely a guy you want on your bench that could be an RB3 flex. At, I mean, especially if, like, okay, so Baltimore's playing, I don't know their schedule off the top of my head, but if they're playing Arizona, like, that's, you know, that's the week I probably want to start J.K. Dobbins. Sure, yeah. Let me look at that Ravens schedule real quick. So would you start... Would you start J.K. Dobbins week one against the Browns? Probably Flex. not. Ah. Um, week two against Houston? Mm. It's possible. So, but I mean, here's the, the first three games, Browns, Texans, Chiefs. He gets three weeks to show me what he can do. Mm-hmm. And then week four against the Washington football team, week five against the Bengals, I'm starting him probably in those two games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then come playoff time, here's – Fantasy playoffs start week 14. Cleveland Browns, week 15. Jacksonville Jaguars, week 16. New York Giants. You got to like that. J.K. Dobbins is in my starting lineup those three games. Absolutely. So he he requires patience, but in the seventh, eighth round of drafts, you could get a guy that's going to be getting 15 to 20 fantasy points in those fantasy playoffs maybe. I don't know. Absolutely. Touchdown in 12, 12 touches, maybe. That's all he needs, you know, to get those numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's an RB3 with, with upside. I mean, 
you know, there's there's a chance that maybe Ingram doesn't hit that 200 touches again. Maybe that evens out. You know, there's there's a lot of upside there, and I think that that thir- RB 38 is kind of a good floor number for J.K. Dobbins. Dude, they also gave Justice Hill 58 carries last year. Yeah, I mean that's not going to happen. I mean, okay, so you take away 30 of those carries for Justice Hill, and you give those right to J.K. Dobbins. That puts him at 160. That leaves Mark Ingram at about 200. I mean, that's 10 touches a game for J.K. Dobbins. He's probably going to get maybe five or six touchdowns, whether that's both, you know, rushing and receiving. I think that sounds about right. Um, and then it, I guess really what sucks is Lamar doesn't throw to the running backs. I wish he did more. Yeah, maybe it's something he'll incorporate, but it definitely seems like he's willing to take that deep shot, kind of like Deshaun Watson. He's not going to really – he's not looking for the check down. So it would really have to be more of a design play to J.K. Dobbins. Right. But when that offense, I mean, they're getting so much run volume that you don't need as many passes. I mean, what did Mark Ingram catch? He still caught over 20 balls, I'm pretty sure, right? Ingram was good last year. He caught 26 of 29 targets, and he caught five touchdowns. So Lamar does – he'll throw a running back touch. At, you know, they, if uh-huh. they get a guy in open space, it's going to be a good situation. Um, are you able to widen your, your ESPN screen? It's kind of like cut off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Just the window. There you go. I made it smaller because I was, I was had a little cheat sheet open here, and I was trying to cross players off my cheat sheet. (laughs) How long have you been using those beer sheets? I have been using beer sheets for a long time. Big fan of the beer sheets. Um, If you're not familiar, there's a guy through Reddit, fantasy football. He just he started making these sheets that aggregates fantasy pros rankings, and it's got it's got like a couple different sites that he ang- aggregates all the rankings into one. And then he comes up with a couple different values and tiers based off those rankings. He's now partnered with four for four on this. Um, Cause he's been doing it for so long. Just they're, they're very good. They're very solid. It's got a lot of handy information all in one PDF. And what's cool about it is you can input your own settings, your own yes. 12 team. You can import points per reception, your roster construction, um, Whoever's watching online, I'm just going to post a link here uh, in the chat. That's for beer uh, beer sheets. You just open the link and you enter in your roster settings, and it'll create you a cheat sheet for your draft weekend. Um, so I, I'm probably going to print out a bunch of those for uh, our draft on Sunday. I don't know if that's too yeah. good of a cheat sheet to print off, or we just print it's the out. best. It's the best. I mean, if you give people ESPN, they're going to be using ESPN when in doubt. You know, because when you're up on the clock and your mind's undecided, what are you going to do? You're going to and instinctively look at the guys at the top. Well, so for me, I like having an ESPN cheat sheet so I know what other people are kind of thinking. And then right. I also have my other cheat sheet that's like invites only, you know. So like I think maybe I'll print off like only three or four beer sheets and then I'll print off the 12 ESPNs and be like, here's your free cheat sheet. Um, uh-huh. draft off these and we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, dude. Yeah, give them the beer. I mean, I want everyone to be smarter. I want people I'm playing with to be smarter. I want everyone to be smarter. So you give them the beer sheets over the ESPN. I think it's only going to help make it a more competitive league. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. And then maybe I'll just only print a few of my own rankings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is I, you know, you can, you're going to look at the list and you're going to still see guys that you want within these tiers. Cause how I kind of look at those beer sheets is like, I, I really like that the tiers that he uses to kind of like his yeah, break off points. Yeah. That's kind of how I do it too. Yeah. Um, so what are we looking at here with the end of the fifth, beginning of the sixth? Yeah, so here's our here's our fifth round. JT just went finally. 
or AJ Brown at the end of the fourth round, like that's just screaming value. He's a twelve hundred yard receiver at least. Ah, yeah, very possibly. Ertz is a good pick. There's Swift with the injuries, Montgomery with the injuries, and T.Y. Hilton. I like T.Y. Hilton there in the fifth round. That's, I mean, that's a that's a that's a high wide receiver two right there. Was he the last pick to go? Oh, Mark Andrews just went. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can we see who's available here? As far as we're like, maybe can you filter it by flex? Because we know you're not drafting a quarterback unless unless you want to hop in on the Dak Prescott. I don't know. I mean, Watson went third overall, and Murray and Prescott are still sitting there. I'm open to Dak Prescott here. Yo, where's DK um, Metcalf at? Is DK available? DK just went. Uh, he went at the end of the. F- he went at the end of the fourth here. He went so there's with a, DK Brown. So there's our fourth. There's our fourth round. We went Tyler Lockett was in there. DK Marine Moster. Someone decided to take a gamble on. Um, I don't see a lot of picks I love in this. DK obviously is a solid pick. AJ Brown was a great value. I like Robert Woods in the Woods. I, yeah, I like. Yeah, Bob's good. Lockett's a great pick. Yep. I like Raheem and I like Mostert better in the fifth. Yeah, and then so then okay. JT JT in the fifth is great value. Um, good, yeah. Yeah. So then we'll go to the flex options here. Let's see who's who's dancing. Let's see what I'm looking at here. Terry yeah. McLaren just went. I was up on Dak Prescott twice. Uh, okay, so we're looking at uh Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry, DJ Chark. Dude, I'm getting nervous about the Jaguars just being a pile of stink this year. Yeah, I mean, do you think DJ Chark has that garbage value just to get like our wide receiver two numbers? He does. They got nothing to lose. They're gonna throw up, they're gonna chuck the ball. And the thing with Chark, I guess, is he started off the year amazing last year, but then whatever happened in the middle of the year, he just wasn't the same down the stretch. Like you couldn't rely on him if you made the playoffs. Sure. Uh, I kind of wonder about that too. Is how is the morale in Jacksonville now that they're dumping off their best players, or they continue to dump off their best players? Uh, what happened? Gardner Minshew goes down. What happens with this team? Right. That's there. I mean, it is. It's. I. I mean, at this point, I love DJ Chark, and I'm glad he went. He didn't have to make the decision. But right. I'm kind of just like, I don't want to touch the Jaguars, man. Like, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you got Nick Chubb here. Give me Kareem Hunt. Maybe that's. Something like those, Kareem Hunt's going to be a flex guy, even with a healthy Nick Chubb. I don't know if you want to hedge your bets there, but um, it seems uh, like Kareem Hunt is valued very high on ESPN's rankings here. Fifth round for Kareem Hunt. Let's see. He, he more interesting at the end of the sixth. Uh, you know how I feel about Ronald Jones. You want pieces of that Tampa Bay offense. Sure. And I don't know if you saw it, but like the Bucks had a, a pre like a. Uh, I don't know what it was called, but it was like a little scrimmage the other day. And how, how many times do you think we're going to hear this? Where Tom Brady leaves, leads them on a 90 – this is a 98-yard drive, so just maybe an 80- to 90-yard drive capped off by a Ronald Jones touchdown. How That, that seems like that's going to happen often this year. There could be a lot of that. And a lot of that. You're on the – Tampa Bay's on the five-yard line, Jesse. You got Mike Evans out wide. Yeah. You probably got Chris Godwin hanging in the slot. You're probably going to push out Rob Gronkowski. You might have OJ Howard on the field, and you got Ronald Jones in the back. What do you do as a defense? Right, and the beautiful thing is Brady's going to know. He's going to get up there with a couple plays, and he's going to call the right play. So if it's Ronald Jones' run, he's going to call that run. He's going to get the touchdown. I mean, that's this is why I've been excited about Ronald Jones because I watched him execute within the – his, he had runs within the five to ten yard line last year that were just amazing, and he just mm-hmm. he's, 
he's able to kind of just glide in and he, he breaks through tackles really easily. And if you, if there's no loaded boxes for Ronald Jones in the five to 10 yard line, he's going to strike, man. He's probably going to get, I, I have him penciled in for, I think 11 total touchdowns this year. Oh, oh no. You know what I was thinking here? I was thinking of Dak, Michael Gallup's stat. Yeah, that's, that's, my mind. that's um, what I wanted. That's what I was going to do. So do we got to kind of snag Tyler Boyd here? He's the one that sticks out like a sore thumb to me as far as receivers. Yeah, I'm looking at my uh yeah, I'm looking at my own personal tiers here and I think Boyd is the, the standout. Ah, oh, but Gallup. See, I you know, I might be obsessively high on Gallup this year, but I think Gallup could really honestly it's he could he could outscore Cooper. It could be a very close um, I was listening to a podcast today that said C.D. Lamb might outscore Gallup and Cooper. That that's wild. I mean, that's just someone who's hopeful, hopeful wishing that a rookie can acclimate in nine padded practices. The guy's references were the Dallas Cowboys beat writers. That's, they ranked they ranked the receivers in terms of training camp success this year. C.D. Lamb was wide receiver one on their list. This aggregate ranking Dallas beat writers list. C.D. Lamb was the wide receiver one. Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds great, and I'm glad that it's it's good news and not bad news. But how many times have we seen Devonte Parker be the training camp MVP, and then Boy, in the end, it doesn't pass out? Tyler Boyd. All right. All right, so I took Tyler Boyd there, and uh, I'm thinking I'm. I mean, I it just seems like Dak. Wait, Dak just kind of makes sense here. Well, here's the thing. This is what I've been telling people. If you don't make a pick where you are second-guessing it or you can kind of see a downside to a pick, I see absolutely no downside in the Dallas offense. Right. I'm a bit intrigued by Cam Akers at this spot as well. I, listened to, I was listening to Matt, Matt Waldman and Dwayne McFarlane have been putting out projection podcasts all summer, uh, and I just listened to their L.A. Rams one last night. And uh, – Oh, if I could, I can't remember the rankings of their offensive line from last year, but if I could read them, you're probably not going to want to take Cam Akers anymore. No. They had a couple guys ranked dead last at their position on the offensive line, and if they weren't last, they were in the bottom. Like, like their center was like 29th of 37. Their tackle was 61st of 61. Yeah, um, that offensive line is just garbage. Bad, bad, bad. 20 seconds, man. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, yeah. It's probably going to be Dak Prescott. I'm just trying to see if any of these guys make sense. The Mark Ingram, Cam Akers, the Ronald Jones, Jarvis Landry, Marquise Brown maybe is an interesting upside pick. For your best bench player. I'm just going to go ahead and take Dak, lock down the quarterback spot. Just be salty that I didn't get the stack with Michael Gallup. But we're going to get CeeDee Lamb on the turn, dude. CeeDee yeah. <laughs> Lamb here. Yeah. You're the- uh, you're not leaving without Lamb or Blake Jarwin. You have to. Pick well, I was gonna say Jarwin's probably gonna be the guy that I'm really eyeing up because I could probably get him in, in a league like this where your friends aren't. They're not. They're not scouring Twitter. Right Ooh, now. Blake, Jarwin. Blake Jarwin's free. Like you know, I could take him with my last pick probably. Dude, I have to do something crazy if Blake Jarwin finishes the top tight end. I have to. I have to do something stupid. This is this has been the one guy that I've been pumping since. We, I don't know since the whole freaking beginning of this process if there's one flag that if i was going to say bauer showing up with a flag it would have blake jarwin's face on it this year i would show up in like a like a, a dallas blue like one of those onesies you know like the green man i would have like one of those yep. and my face would be blake jarwin on it absolutely uh, 
You need a uh, like Peter Overs that has his Philip Rivers big head. You need a, a Blake Jarwin big head. No one's gonna know it's Blake Jarwin because nobody actually knows what Blake Jarwin looks like. But you'll know. Buy his jersey and just roll with it. But it's a it's a fun jersey. Eighty seven. I was hoping to have a jersey for this draft, but I think I think the the site I buy ripoffs from what didn't have a Jonathan Taylor jersey mm. ready yet. That's that's definitely gonna be my next Colts jersey. I'm trying to think, like, in terms of jerseys, if I had to get one. I really like Michael Gallup. He's probably been, like – I mean, I was high on Michael Gallup as early as last year. He was kind of the, that guy that I made sure I got, like, in the eighth or ninth rounds of drafts. Uh, but now, it's like, I don't know if he's going to be on the Cowboys more than two years. Yeah, that's true. Marquise Brown, man, he could be a fun jersey to have. Yeah, Marquise is like – Ravens always have cool jerseys. So the QB run just happened after I took Dak. Russell went next pick, and then Kyler Murray went. So, Stephon Diggity Diggs, where are you at on Diggs this year? I know you're not a Josh Allen guy, so you're probably not a big Diggs guy this year. Yeah, so Diggs is uh, Diggs is in that next tier after the guys who just went pretty much. He's kind of the head of that tier with Jarvis Landry and Marquise Brown. So I'm not super low on him. I'm a little bit lower than consensus. I, uh, I, I good things out of camp. You know, it could be one of those things where a wide receiver makes a quarterback more accurate. There have been some studies done on that. Um, so, you know, maybe just around a quarterback with enough talent, and it makes him look better than he is. Um, yeah, like a helicopter roaring inside my house right now. Can you hear that? A little bit. I like coming for you? Oh, I hear it now. All right, so Jarvis Diggs went. Those are kind of that next tier receiver that I was talking about. Guys that I'm okay on, I would like to have them as my wide receiver three, but sometimes depending on how your draft went, they might be your wide receiver two if you start with a running back heavy drafts. Um, and now, I mean, when I'm looking at my roster, I'm really just looking to fill it with the best bench, high upside bench picks. Scott Barrett put that article out, how to win your championship. In the draft, you take high upside guys in those mid-rounds. You don't really look for floor guys. Floor guys aren't going to really do much for you. So William Fuller, the fifth. William Fuller's a big one. I know Brown's not going to make it. He's a perfect example. Debo Samuel, I've been loving in the mid-rounds. Uh, he's, I mean, he's a wide receiver one there. How many wide receiver ones are left? Uh, I know Jamison Crowder might be a sound like a floor play, but just on pure volume alone, he could he could hit. Um, so some guys, I mean, this is the J.K. Dobbins, maybe that Zach Moss. I know you're a big Zach Moss guy if you want to talk a little bit about why you like him so much. Uh, for redraft purposes, I'm I'm not sure there's going to be a Buffalo running back that is the correct answer. Uh, that's more of a dynasty point of view. And just from terms of ADP, for some reason, Devin Singletary, he he's a good back, but he's had fumbling issues in camp. And I just from what I've seen with my, my analysis of Zach Moss, is he was he's rock steady in pass protection. He's a great pass catcher. Uh, he he does a lot of the same things that Devin Singletary does well. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if there's a, almost a 50-50 split in terms of receptions and targets between those two guys. And then if you look at uh, the Frank Gore role from inside the five and the ten last year, Zach Moss is getting all those carries. Um, and I mean Josh Allen's already saying if I if it's up to me, I'm running less this year. He wants to be more of a, a more standing passing uh, quarterback. So I don't know if they're going to be 
I mean, he's also in year. Is this his third year in the league? Who are we talking about? Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Yeah, this is year three for Josh Allen. So he's in line for a contract, you know, coming up. I could see them starting to pull back on calling designed runs inside the red zone. Maybe they just drafted this big running back who can pound away inside the red zone. So I see Zach Moss getting somewhere between five, six touchdowns. Um, and then, yeah, it's just, I mean, the Buffalo Bills, you think about the really good defense. We're not really scared of the Jets, the Dolphins and those games. I think you could see Zach Moss racking up, you know, a touchdown and getting upwards of, you know, 10 to 15 touches, whether that's a couple receptions and carries. Um, and then if anything happens to Devin Singletary, you're looking at a guy that's going to get a lot of volume, but uh, he's, he's a fringe wider uh, running back three, four for me. He's a good bench piece, uh, but for where he's going, I'm taking CD lamb. I'm taking Deontay Johnson. Um, yeah. Looking at some of these other receivers, like, Sterling Shepard's a wide receiver one. Where's Zach Moss on this list? Yeah, he's right up there. So I'm taking right up there. I love Preston Williams. Kirk. Yeah, Williams. I mean, Parker's been out for over a week now, not playing. Yeah. So a lot of those receivers, uh, I'm I'm I love Zach Moss, but because his ADP has jumped into the eighth round, where I've been drafting him all summer, you know, in the double digit rounds. Um Right. Just one of those things where like you like the guy early on and then his ADP just kept creeping up. And you, you don't hate players, you hate ADPs. I mean, that's just a it's a fact. So everything, I mean, I've been drafting best ball league since May. I think maybe first week of June. I could get Zach Moss in the 13th, 14th rounds. That's when I was doing it, and that's when it felt really good. But everyone's eight, like I don't, did Devin Singletary go yet? Oh, he went, dude. Look at this. He went so early. He went maybe. fourth round. Fourth round. Oh no! Don't trap Devin Singletary in the fourth. Don't do it. Mm. We just had a little small tight end run. Evan Ingram back to back. Tyler Higby. I'm personally not. I'm I'm fading Tyler Higby this year as a top six tight end. Doesn't make much sense to me. Um, it depends on where he's being drafted. I think round eight is not where I'd want to get him. If I get him in the tenth. That's where, you know, if you're getting him as the ninth or 10th tight end off the board, because, uh, I mean, at that point, I'm still drafting another tight end. So I view Higby as one of those guys where you could reach on a guy who's got some upside, but you're still having a backup plan, whether that's Johnu Smith, Goddard, Jarwin, Herndon. you got to pair him with somebody just to hedge the bet. So Ronald Jones at 6'11", man. I, I can't yeah, make- like that. Well, holy crap. Yeah, the six end of the six for a couple of really good running back, high potential running backs. I mean, I know you mentioned Cam Akers isn't a big Matt Waldman guy, but he's still the featured guy there, and uh, he ran behind a very poor Florida State line, and yeah. he made it look good somehow. So, so Matt Waldman is a Cam Akers guy. He's just an anti Rams offensive line. It's more guy. the offensive line, yeah. Yeah, so it's that situation. And whereas with Tampa Bay, I mean Ronald Jones, basically they. They split. I was looking at the snap counts for Ronald Jones, Peyton Barber, and Daryl Gumbawale last year. It was basically split into thirds. I think Ronald Jones had 32% snap share uh, as a running back. And now uh, he was RB25 with that basically one-third of the snaps. Uh, And now you're you're thinking about how Jameis Winston and they were coming from behind and losing games. You're adding so much more of a stable game script with Tom Brady – playing with leads, protecting leads, you know, playing from ahead a lot. Um, I just, I think Ronald Jones, man, he, his floor is RB 25. Uh, that, that's where he finished last year. And that's in that mess of a third split. I just, I, I don't see how he's anything less than an RB. He's, he's probably my favorite running back three to have on my team. 
That's a fair assessment. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's signs are pointing more and more. You know, I, I wasn't a big Rojo guy. I didn't really buy the talents, um, but he really changed his whole body when he came to the NFL, which is kind of a, just added like 20 pounds of mass. You know, it took him a while to click, but some guys, he was a young guy coming out of college, really young running back. Um, and the thing with, I mean, I, I really respect Matt Waldman's opinion. And when his RSP came out a couple of years ago, Matt Waldman was not very high on Ronald Jones, but this summer there's been multiple times where he has just commented on how much Ronald Jones impressed him last year with his growth from rookie year to second year. And when you see a huge leap from rookie year to second year, there's usually that means there's going to be another leap that might not be as big of a leap, you know, in that third year, but there's probably going to be some progression where he learned some things and now he knows what he needs to work on. It sounds like he's working on his passing a lot, his pass protection. He knows that those are his weaknesses. So I just think, I don't know, man, you get Tom Brady, you're, you're stabilizing that offense. They're playing from from with, with leads uh, and Ronald Jones is your RB three. I think it's, it's one of those guys that you can wait and see what you get. So what are we looking for here? At the end of the seventh, uh, beginning of the eighth, I uh, I definitely was excited about maybe getting Marvin Jones. Saw he just went, so Will Fuller went. That was another guy on my list. Um, I'm just looking for high upside guys, like I mentioned. So let's see who's J.K. Dubins. He's sitting there. I mean, Devontae Parker's still out there. Debo's out there still. Carry on and Tariq. Um, Where are you at with Brandon Cooks? I mean, the guy produces wherever he goes. He's a perennial, perennial like top fifteen receiver. Besides yeah, that. yeah, absolutely. I'm just, I'm concerned. You know, my my big thing is receivers on new teams. Yep. And he's, he's not really getting the targets. Yeah, I mean the thing too is Will Fuller. It, you know, it's we love Will Fuller and the talent, but if Will Fuller goes down, all of a sudden Brandon Cooks is stepping into a pretty massive pretty massive spot um so i mean i haven't taken him yet in any draft so it could be an intriguing spot so we don't need quarterback we do need a tight end i don't know what are those tight ends i mean they're not at the top of the board but just to kind of look ahead for maybe the next turn who are some tight ends you're going to be looking for whether that's hawkinson hurst gronk probably won't be there by that time yeah i think i, I really like the combination anywhere in this tier of font Hawk, Gusecki, Herndon. I mean, let's further down. Johnu Smith gets a lot of shade from ESPN, but he's right in that tier. Jarwin, Thomas. It's a lot of those young, up-and-coming tight ends. You know, tight ends take three, four years to develop, and they're all kind of right in that, outside of TJ, who's in his second year. But TJ is just, I mean, he's the next great tight end prospect, so I have him right there in that tier. He's been camp from what I've seen, so I'm I'm into the TJ. And it's, it's about getting those parts of the offense that you feel good about. We know... The Lions running backs can't really be trusted, so I feel good about Stafford in the passing game. Absolutely. Yeah, so here, I mean, I, this is a uh, – this could be a J.K. Dobbins spot for me here. I'm, I'm starting to get more intrigued by Philip Lindsay, as I mentioned. If I'm going to go receiver, Crowder's eyeing me up. Crowder's like a lock for like 80 receptions at this point with the back. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a free – I mean, it's almost – it's. Uh, it doesn't feel he's gonna catch. Yeah, one of the leading targets there. Yeah, I mean, there's nobody else to catch the ball there. If anyone's got any questions or comments in the chat, we're we're down to talk football, and any questions we can address, we'll help you out with your draft. 
Uh, at the moment right now, we're drafting. This is a live draft for a real draft. This is one of Jesse's uh, kind of fun home leagues. Uh, he got the 12th pick. He's a defending champion uh, in this league. So we're, we're starting him off here. He started with Nick Chubb and Devontae Adams at the beginning of the draft. Came back with DJ Moore and James Conner. And then we took Tyler Boyd and Dak Prescott. So at this point, we're just adding, you know, really good bench depth pieces that could help us win the league. Um, so we're, we're probably looking at maybe one running back and one receiver. I don't know. Or if there's two running backs that stick out, let me know. Yeah, I think that that's, that's probably about right. I mean, if I, you know, I'm up in one pick, I Debo, is it, is it too early for Debo? He'd be my wide receiver four. I feel like that that gives me enough flexibility to like, if he's not ready right off the bat. Like technically like looking at your bye weeks, you probably wouldn't start him until Devante's bye week five. Right. So. I'm interested by in Debo here. Crowder's always, Crowder's a good shout. I mean, it's a 90 catch guy in the in the seven eighth round. Um, so those are probably my two favorite wide receivers. I know a lot of people are big on Deontay Johnson. I'm uh, I'm just I'm a little hesitant on the Steelers pass game with Ben coming back. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to shake out, and I know that Ben and Juju have always had that connection. So I you know I, I don't know. It's an interesting situation because Juju's a free agent after this year, so. Are they going to try and pump Deontay into that wide receiver one role? And the problem with Deontay right now is he hasn't practiced like in two weeks, uh, which makes there. Me, well, there he goes. Uh, I would you have thought about Julian Edelman if he kind of fell into this little spot? Just from- yeah, yeah. Honestly, I kind of would be. I mean, Julian Edelman's he's the, he's a he's a one. It's always good to get a one at this point in the draft. And secondly, I've been hearing just a lot of good Newton and Edelman chemistry. It's going really well and. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you know what Edelman is. I mean, he's a he's a guy who just week in and week out he puts in the work and he gets catches. Um, so right now, it's got to be. You can't let Dobbins slide. Yeah, Dobbins is really really blow up your draft towards by week five or six. Like we could be looking at a guy that's getting twelve to fifteen touches in that offense, um, and you're not relying on him to be a starter, so you're patient with him. Yeah. Looking down the list a little bit, I do like Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. I do like Preston Williams. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to get them on a swing back, but I don't know if I like Kirk enough over the potential of Debo or Jamison. And then my other o- option here is to just double up on running back. Since I only have Chubb and Connor right now, I could go Dobbins and then Philip Lindsay because Philip Lindsay, I think there's a very good chance that he could start the year. This is going to be the first guy that you call up for your flex. Yep. So JK. It's going to be one. Can you filter by running back real quick? Let's just look at the whole crop. Yeah, let's see what's – if I, yeah, if I were to not take a running back here, who would I be looking at as my potential fourth uh, running back down the road? And I mean, it's, the, two, the two that stick out are Moss and Lindsey just because I feel like they're both kind of the one B in their situations. And then everything right. is basically a handcuff where I don't really think that's the value of the draft. Absolutely. I mean, I like Antonio Gibson down here, but I'm pretty sure I can wait for the swing around. Right. Uh, let me. Uh, what What's Denver's schedule to open the year out? Because I think. Yeah, let me pull that up real quick. I do like to look at that early game, early season schedule. First four week, man. The first four week schedule. So the Broncos are going to open up against Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, New York Jets. Ooh, those are three. Those are pretty good run defenses. Yeah, and then New England week five. Um, for the playoffs, they're playing week 15, they play Buffalo. Week 16, they play against the Chargers. Uh, it's going to basically require a Philip Lindsay for, or a Melvin Gordon injury for clarity with that. 
I might I might just be more comfortable pulling a receiver, whether it's Debo Crowder. Yeah. And maybe you can gamble and see if Preston or Kirk fall in the next round. I think I'm gonna go the upside. I, I said earlier I really stress upside, and I think Debo's got the upside at this point in the draft. Track to play week one too, which is pretty impressive. Um, I mean, to break your foot what six weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, to be sprinting already as hard as he is, uh, they need him back. You know, they're gonna be cautious with him. But like we said, you have Devonte Adams, DJ Moore, Tyler Boyd. Those guys ain't moving anytime soon. And you got until week five when Devontae's got to buy. Like, that's legit the first time you're going to think about starting Debo Samuel. So I think that's – this is a really well-developed uh, plan here because your starters are locked in. And J.K. Dobbins and Debo Samuel, those are guys that could be starting for you by weeks four or five. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, we probably need uh, – we need to probably look at tight end. Maybe just one tight end with the next pick. Um, there, there goes Zach Moss. Yeah, let's see. So tight ends, we'll see. I mean, I'm a, I'm guessing there's going to be a little small run on tight ends here, but I'm completely fine. There's enough options there where I felt good. I can mop up whatever's left over. You didn't get a piece of the Bucks offense yet. I did not. But from what it sounds like, OJ, it sounds like OJ Howard has been the camp MVP, the most impressive player in the Tampa Bay offense. And it sounds like you're going to run a little bit more two tight end sets. I like Gronkowski. Um, they're going to use Gronk in you know more high leverage situations where he might not get the snap count, but he's going to be the guy that when he's on the field, he's probably going to really good chance at a target and a touchdown most weeks. So Hayden Hurst is off the board. Yeah, I think we're going to get that tight end run here. I'm I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give myself a cue on Antonio Gibson. I, that's a high upside pick that I just love. I think you know Ron Rivera is coming over from Carolina. He sees a little similarity. I mean, he's obviously not Christian McCaffrey, but for, as far as athleticism, he likes what he sees in Gibson. I think they're going to have some specific plays designed for Gibson this year. It's going to be kind of fun. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, – because, I, I mean, I could go for days on the running backs down the list, and I, I could say that the best running back available is Boston Scott. I could say Chase Edmonds. Uh, I could say Naheem yeah. Hines. I think Naheem Hines is catching 45, 50 balls. Marlon Mack, I mean, that's – He's yeah, a starting running back right now. Mac is he's not going to be in your starting lineup the first two weeks, which is where his, you know, I think Mac's value is in September, uh, because by October we might be looking at the Jonathan Taylor show. Right. Um you mentioned Gibson, I like Gibson there. Uh can you just scroll down maybe just a, maybe ten more picks or so? Yeah. I like Scott. Joshua Kelly, man, he's a guy that's you can maybe get with the last pick that he He's already had a Justin Jackson for the 1B situation there. He's, it sounds like he's going to be the goal line carry back, which I don't know how much value that is for the Chargers, but um, I'm interested in him in dynasty you know, formats, and he might be a guy that uh, anything happens to Eckler, we're going to be interested in Josh Kelly. So he's a name to file away. I could see him popping up on our waiver wire list this year. Absolutely, yeah. You have James Conner, so I think Benny Snell. If you don't want to play the game with Benny Snell of having to snag him, you know, for $50 with your free agent bucks. <laughs> I want to reserve a spot for Benny. No one's going to draft Benny Snell ahead of you. So if you wanted to pencil him in with one of your second to last picks, maybe um, that could be working. Absolutely. Yeah. I really think you only need maybe one more running back here that you could rely on. Um, yeah. With, with Chubb and Connor, I feel good. Dobbins 
should be that mid year, but I do. Yeah, I, I'm always willing to take a gamble on high upside backs. So these Gibson, Edmonds, Scott guys. The nice thing about Scott and Edmonds is I think they have standalone value as well, even though they're kind of yeah. like they're handcuffs, but they have standalone. I mean, Scott was an art, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something's up with the quality here. Um, oh, I got too many things let's open. At, um, let's take a look at receivers. Let's maybe talk about some plans for a receiver down the line. I think you got to get CD Lamb on this team, man. Yeah, he wants CD Lamb. Yeah, we'll see if he makes it back to me. But he's down yeah. there on the queue. So, what the hell? is Justin Jefferson over him? Oh no, ESPN. Mike Williams. I mean, Deshaun oh, no. Jackson's climbing and the receivers over him. All right, this is gonna be crazy. You're gonna get some ball <laughs> on your bench here, and that's fine. Like, you're making the strength strong. Um, here, here's a scenario. Michael Gallup, we love him. We love Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper has an injury nagging thing kind of going on. It seems like every year something happens where it just kind of ails him. A hamstring strain this puts Cooper or Gallup out for two weeks. Where do we rank CeeDee Lamb in terms of, you know, like a wide receiver two? Is he a wide receiver three if one of those starting receivers is out? That's, I mean, he's got to be fringe two, three, right? I mean, at the very worst. I, week one's going to be interesting to see kind of how he gets used. Is he going to be out there most of the time? Is he going to just come in for, you know, I'll be looking to see his snap count for sure. There goes Leonard Fournette. So I'm going to go ahead and look up at uh, Sharps football personnel grouping frequencies. And I'll tell you how many three wide receiver sets the Cowboys ran last year. I think they were top five or top 10 in the league. Okay. Um, so CD Lamb, I mean, Randall Cobb was wide receiver 42. I think you could agree that CD Lamb is going to offer more than Randall Cobb did in this role in this offense. Um, so the Cowboys, 67% uh, of the time they ran three wide receiver sets. That's good for 713 plays. So that's potential for, for CD Lamb to be on the field 700 times this year. Uh, their next biggest personnel grouping frequency would have been the two wide receiver sets. So he'll probably come off the field and that they ran that 18% of the time. Uh, and then they did another couple other sets here, but they predominantly ran three wide receiver sets. And then if we look at um, snap counts from last year, I'll take a look at the, the group of receivers for the Cowboys. Uh, I know Michael Gallup missed, uh, he missed two games last year. So that's probably going to boost Randall Cobb's numbers just a little bit. Uh, but if we look at the Cowboy receivers as a whole, uh, last year, Michael Gallup actually ran more offensive snaps than Amari Cooper, and he played two less games than Amari Cooper. So Michael Gallup, 853 snaps, Cooper, 850, Randall Cobb, 727. So that 727 was good for about 64.4%, which is kind of equal to that three wide receiver set that we are seeing. So uh, if you take away... So if you just do the 727 snaps and divide that by 16 games... That means CD Lamb's on the field for 45 snaps a game. So the chances that he's targeted on those plays, maybe, I don't know. I mean, if, if there's three receivers on the field, they're probably throwing the ball. Uh, so I would say he's got maybe like a 15 to 20% chance of getting the ball. Yeah, that seems reasonable. But I was going to say like 15% clip. So that's probably giving him what, five to five, six targets a game. 
So we figured out he's at 45 snaps a game. We're going to times that by, do you want me to use 20% or 15%? Split it down the middle. 17.5. All right, that gives him 7.9 targets per game, dude. That seems like a lot. 7.9 targets. So if he's on the field for 45 snaps, we're saying he's going to get the ball 17.5% of the time. Mm-hmm. Let me look at his target share that I have for him. That might actually – okay, freaky, dude. My target share for C.D. Lamb this year is 16.69%, which is basically what we just said. Pretty if close. He's on the field that much time, and I got him actually under that, he's looking at seven or eight targets a game, which means he's getting five to six catches a game maybe, four sometimes, you know, four to six catches a week. You know, so that's going to be a 10 to 11 point floor, I think. Uh, and then Randall, I mean, that offense can score touchdowns. Yeah, and, first, uh, Randall Cobb only scored three touchdowns last year. I would bet Lamb's got maybe five or six in his in his outcomes this year. Uh, how do you cover that team? Uh, good luck. Blake Jarwin, dude, he's going to have quite the time running free. I think in the back. That, I mean, I, I got the – you know, taking Dak just makes a lot of sense this year. It's outside of the top two quarterbacks, I feel the greatest about him. And then when the projections uh, came out, I mean, I do these by team. I'm not thinking about these. You know, I don't do them like, okay, I'm doing all my quarterbacks now. I do them by team. And at the end, that's when I hit filter. And I have Dak Prescott only 16 points behind Pat Mahomes, only 18 points behind Lamar Jackson, which is a point or two per game. Um, so he's kind of the value, and you got him at the end of the sixth round, I think. Uh, yeah, I got him at the five-six turn. No, wait, six-seven turn. No, I got him at the five-six turn. So. Yeah, I think we took him yeah, at yeah. End, of, end of the fifth. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that. So, do you feel like you have to take a tight end at this uh, at this spot here, or is there? Yeah, a I feel way, pretty good about that. Is there a way for you to kind of move towards a running back and a, a receiver? I mean, Gronk's still on the board. Yeah, I'm trying to eye up how many tight ends are gone. There's nine tight ends off the board here. Hunter Henry's still there. Font, Gronk, Hawk. I mean, are people going to be taking two tight ends? Probably not. Probably not. So I I would say you're going to get one of Dallas, Goddard, Johnny, Jarwin. You're getting one of those guys as your backup. Yeah. I mean, I... I'm a big proponent of TJ Hawkinson this year. I think the touchdown upside is real. I think his ability to just he, – he beats linebackers and re- relatively easily. If he stays healthy, that's the biggest concern. He's he's had some banged up in his first year. He's banged up in camp. But if he plays, I love it. I love what I'm seeing. So let's just look at uh, – this is where I think schedule becomes a really big deal. Let's just look at the Lions schedule, and we'll see if you're going to want to start – him, you know, for the first maybe three or four games. Uh, his week one game, Chicago. How do you feel about starting him against Chicago? Fire him up. I mean, Chicago defense is pretty good. It's, you know, it's been unquestionably a good defense the last couple of years. Um, yeah, I'm going to look quick and see how many fantasy points allowed to tight ends last year for Dallas, or for Chicago. And you said this is PPR, so I'll filter here by DraftKings scoring. Um, so the Chicago Bears, they allowed the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They were ninth worst against the tight end last year. They allowed 13 and a half points per game to the tight end. Yeah, so I I feel good firing them up there. 
that's going to be what five catches for 60 yards, maybe something like that. Yep. I can really see that. So that's uh, you got a tight end in there and you're not taking, you're not taking two tight ends here. Like you wouldn't take Gronk and Hawkinson and kind of make yourself think a little bit. I think you'd probably be better off spreading yourself a little more out here and looking at maybe the next running back or wide receiver that you would like. Absolutely. I mean, I still have my sights set on Gibson. Gibson. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm kind of torn with, with Antonio Gibson. I don't know really where to put him. I, cause JD McKissick's kind of in the way, I think. Uh, yeah. He kind of cap his upside, but when the projections came out, I mean, I got Gibson at RB 34. I have him rushing a hundred times this year. Um, so what's that per game? hundred divided by 16. Uh, that's going to put him at about six carries per game, which I see is an easy number for him to achieve. And then I got him, I got him at 40 catches with uh, six total touchdowns this year. So maybe three rushing, three receiving. Uh, they have no excuses to not get him the ball and get him worked up, you know, for a, a big workload next year, I think. Um, and as your RB4. Yeah, they could absolutely – you know what? The more, the more I think about it, there's definitely – could be some growing pains. And maybe at this point, maybe my better option is to just pivot to either Edmonds or Scott. Well, Sanders already has this nagging injury. Hey, hey, he got improved to day to day. He was week to week. He's back to day to day. So that's okay. But uh, you're right. I mean, Scott's going to be used. I, the thing with know. Scott, man, you look at the last three or four weeks and you look at what Miles Sanders did on the field. Both guys healthy. Boston Scott was a top 10 running back the last three weeks. Miles Sanders, I think, was the top five running back in those same 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 time period. Who are they throwing the ball to besides Ertz? Just the tight ends. These running backs are going to get six to seven targets each per week. I'm, it, that's just the way the ball is going to go. Like Deshaun Jackson, it'd be nice if he can stick around for a while, but even then, Deshaun Jackson really only gets four or five targets per game. He's not going to be a volume guy. It's going to be Zach Ertz catching probably like 10. Zach Ertz is going to have a lot of those games where he gets double-digit catches. It wouldn't surprise me to see him over 100 catches this year. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. So are we taking C.D. Lamb yet? Oh. That's a good question. We're up here in a few picks. I, honestly, I feel really good about Monta Adams, DJ Moore, Tyler Boyd, Debo Samuel. I feel like that's a good group of guys. And if I'm looking down my wide receiver list. You're going to find a receiver you like anywhere. Yeah, I mean. He might even be available at the next. Alan Lazard's down there. I mean, I like that. It's a good spot. So um, let's look at that tight end list one, one more time real quick. Do you think you can gamble on the tight ends and take – you like it sounds like you like Gibson Scott Edmonds. Why don't you just take two of them? Um, Hawkinson's fourth on that list. I don't think a lot of guys are gonna be drafting tight end twos yet. I don't know. It, it might be worth a gamble, but for me, you you seem locked in with those three running backs that you have in your queue. I feel good that if I take two running backs here, you're done. I'll be done with running back for the rest of the draft. I can focus on my tight end, maybe grab a second tight end. And then I can fill that bench with whatever seems to call my name, you know. CD Lamb. The thing about ESPN is you can't not draft a kicker or defense, which is 
ridiculous because I probably wouldn't. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and take the two guys that are top of my RBQ. Gibson's my high ceiling, low floor pick. And then Scott, I mean, Scott's a guy, like you said, he has standalone value. And if something happens to Sanders, it's wheels up. Did you see that uh, Brian Westbrook called? Uh, was it Brian Westbrook? Who was it? Oh, yeah, Brian Westbrook called Scott a stronger, faster Darren Sproles. It's exciting. Yeah, um, just from listening to Matt Waldman talk about he's been – okay, this is what's so cool about just being so sick in, like, diving into football. Like, Matt Waldman was talking about Boston Scott two years ago when he was, like, on the Saints in training camp, and um, that that's when the name kind of comes in. So then you watch this guy's journey, and you, you just – I've known Boston Scott for two years. I know how good he is, and I know that he's in a role that Darren Sproles excelled at in Philadelphia, and – Matt Waldman's called him a version of Darren Sproles before. Um, and, yeah, he's he's probably stronger. He's probably more sturdy. He's, he's more of a guy that can handle more touches. The thing with Sproles is he was always getting injured. He would always be really good for a game or two. Uh, but towards, I guess, the back end of his career, he just couldn't hold up. Whereas Boston Scott right now, man, we've talked about the receivers, the lack of receivers, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it just seems like they're going to be funneling targets to tight ends and running backs. You can whip Boston. So, like a typical, a, a bad stat line for Boston Scott's going to be what? Maybe six carries for twenty yards, and then maybe three catches for thirty-two or something. So what? That's six plus the twenty yards. That's an eight-point game at worst. Whereas most games, he's probably going to be bumping up. This is Boston Scott's numbers here. Yep. Yeah. So I'm looking at like week fifteen here, where he had seven catches for thirty-nine yards. Uh, that's not PPR, is it? That's not PPR scoring for some reason. That half PPR. Yeah, that's something weird going on here. It should that be PP. It should be PPR. It looks like half PPR. Yeah, because otherwise, I mean, this is this stat line would be seven, three and a half. Is it half PPR? Well, yeah, if it's half PPR, then I screwed up. But I'm pretty sure it's a PPR. I don't know if that's just a an oversight. Uh, but either way, now you're able to to focus and and you can snag. So like your depth receiver is Debo Samuel. We should probably add one more guy at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're not drafting a backup quarterback. I don't think that's something that you need to worry about. But anyway, you got you have uh, you have two bench positions and in one tight end spot. So you're likely taking two tight ends and hopefully CD Lamb. That's the uh, that's the dream, I think. And if so, okay. So let's assume you can't get. We'll there talk TJ. Yeah, let's talk about the tight ends. What do you think about Mike Jasicki with all of the these the slot receivers for Miami? Um, what are their names? They they both opted out this year. Uh, Albert Wilson and yep. um, Wilson and uh, gee, I don't remember. I cannot remember his name. Alan Hearns. Ah, there you go. Yeah, they so both said bye bye. The middle of the field is going to be open, and it sounds like Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be. It's from what it sounds like is it's Tua Tua and Josh Rosen haven't even figured out who's the quarterback to yet. So. To me, that just means Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably starting at least 12 to 13 games this year. And we saw Mike Jasicki kind of come down the stretch and be a guy that you can trust as your tight end one. Uh, so, and the thing with Jasicki now too, is he's going to have a healthy Preston Williams, hopefully a healealthy Devonte Parker to help distract. So Jasicki is probably going to be able to take advantage of some of those linebackers in the middle of the field. 
man, I still so we missed out on Hawkinson. He he just yeah. went a little bit ago. That's all right. We still like like I said, we still like Kaseki in this group. We still like Hearn in this group. Hearn had a little bit of an injury situation today, but I mean, talk about a guy who doesn't who has no target competition. So I know you're not the biggest you're not exactly excited in the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, but I read some really good things about Eric Ebron today. I don't yeah, know. I, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. This man led the tight ends and touchdowns just two years ago. I think people forget about that just because of Jacoby Brissett and the way their offense went last year. It just, I mean, you, you have to basically throw this whole year out the window, but I mean, you look at, I mean, you look I'm at that right. 56 game that he had there, maybe that four for 70 in the touchdown. This I mean, is a half PPR by the way. It is half PPR, so not that that's going to change a whole lot on my strategy. I mean, that boost that's going to boost Nick Chubb for you. That's going to boost. Um, I mean, DJ Moore and Tyler Boyd are both going to be a lot of reception. So either way, it's fine. Uh, that kind of oh, yeah. boost Dante Adams. It's it's half PPR. It's as it's the same really as PPR. Yeah, I I wouldn't have changed my strategy. PPR or non PPR, you changed it a little bit. Uh, Happy to have Chubb either way. I mean, I was taking Chubb in a full PPR at this point. He's Chubb for me in that group of second running backs is probably the safest option you have right now. Every other running back has a red flag. Chubb might be the best pure running runner, I think. I know McCaffrey's great. Saquon Barkley's pretty good. He's got the moves. <laughs> but in terms of just like I'm going to run the ball down your throat, it's like him and Henry to me. I love, I love having those guys that like, teams just get sick of tackling him in the third and fourth quarter and he's they just can't do anything about it um i love getting chubb on my team it's fun i got sad news for you we just missed out on cd lamb (sighs) we'll we'll trade we'll get him we'll get him (laughs) okay yeah don't worry okay so Uh, let's open up the conversation here you get one more receiver here it's christian kirk that looks pretty safe yeah i guess he i'm guessing he probably goes so Looking down this list a little bit, some guys that I I have some, some thoughts on. But you already have Devontae Adams. Does that sway you differently? Yeah, probably, because how often am I going to really want to start both of those guys? Um, what about a guy? I do this Auden Tate, man. I like getting him on my team at some point. He's um, an, he's an, that's an interesting name. Stevenson going to catch a lot of balls. Um LaVisca. How about LaVisca? Dude, he's about LaVisca. He's going to be running Wildcat this year. He's going to be probably getting like 15 to 20 rushing attempts this year. Um, they're going to try him in all kinds of different parts of the game. I mean, LaVisca could be the most valuable rookie wide receiver this year in a team that isn't really playing for much. They might just be like, hey, man. Let's see what you can do. Just go out there and have some fun. And, I mean, I think they need to put LaVisca in the slot. He's going to offer a lot more than D.D. Westbrook, but they can also work him outside. They can move him around in the backfield. They've they've had him taking direct snaps in practice. Uh, he's going to be a total he's, – he's basically what Cordell Patterson should have been. Uh, but, I mean, you, you've seen the videos of him – uh, running that that one route in training camp where he kind of just makes his man move, like he just makes him miss, and he does like this Devonte Adams, DeAndre Hopkins type route with his footwork, and just the way he gets natural separation so easily. It's 
LaVisca is scary, man. I think he could be a guy that uh, – he, he might be – one of my favorite guys for next year at this point, you know, you're we're probably going to be, especially if they get a guy like uh, the, the Clemson quarterback, like we could be all over Jacksonville wide receivers next year. Absolutely. I think these, these giant receivers are starting to present some value Slayton and Tate. Yeah. Tate's going to be the Tate's going to probably lead that team in receptions, but Slayton has a good chance of leading them in touchdowns. Yep. I'm going to list uh, Samuel. I got DJ Moore, so I'm probably not going to look to double up there. Mike, Sports for Samuel today. Yeah, same. Yeah, he hasn't been looking so impressive. Um, I, don't, I don't know what that's all about. He's a pretty good receiver. Mike Williams, I'm, he's a big stay away from me. Without Rivers there, I don't he's think already, He's already dinged up. Yep. Rashad Perryman doesn't really excite he's me a whole lot. He has not been able to practice at all. Yep. Deshaun you Jackson. Filter, you filter by wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely. Jackson's going to be good for first uh, two weeks, and then he's probably going to be out for the rest of the year. I'm a little intrigued by Paris Campbell. The, the the Campbell versus Pittman scenario. I actually Michael Pittman's an interesting guy. I don't. I didn't really look at him too much out of college, to be honest. But I do know that Philip Rivers loves to throw to big body receivers. It's basically like if you blended Mike Williams with Keenan Allen. That's what Michael Pittman Jr. is. That's kind of. Oh, I see it. Uh, but dude, Paris Campbell, uh, Matt Waldman put out an article. Uh, it's it's his, he calls it his all Nostradamus team. I don't know why he calls it that, but it's his team that's like <laughs> my guys. Okay. Paris Campbell makes the list. He's one of the guys that you can have for free at the end of your draft. He could lead the team in receptions this year. That would be spicy. Chase Edmonds is still staring me in the eyes. I can't do that. I can't do that. Why not? Why can't? What's the easiest position to get in free agency? This made me. This made me wish. We waited on QB. No, no. This makes me wish that I would have taken maybe just Scott and then grabbed Hawk and then it came back to get Chase Edmonds. Still there. Yeah. But does I mean when you're at the turn, you kind of have to just. You're gonna get one value and you got to get one reach. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna grab a guy that you want. And then you're going to take a guy who's sitting there that probably shouldn't be. Um, and you don't know how it's going to play on the way back. There's just, you're so many picks away that you can't try and plan your draft out. It's very hard. So, do you see yourself at all interested in snagging Benny Snell Jr. as your ultimate handcuff? That way you don't have to spend the money in the waiver wire. Yeah, you, did, you mentioned that at the beginning here. And I'm just, I'm wondering if. I'm wondering if that's a guy that I can just wait on and he's not going to get scooped him early if you have to like even yeah. if you're healthy you can sneak in there and get him for a buck yeah that's probably it i mean i guess i'll take the risk yeah yeah you're, i mean i probably should really grab a wide receiver and two tight ends but maybe i just grab one tight end i mean let's get both let's just get it, both tight ends out of the way i mean i'm eyeing up john new and blake jarwin i'm not gonna lie so, I mean, you can get Jarwin with, like, the last pick for free. Yeah, yeah. I can probably get Janu in my last – I can probably get these guys in my last two picks. Let's, but Let's take three tight ends. <laughs> Triple tight ends. You need a good trio. Uh, I'll definitely take one of Tate or Slayton if they're here. They're just – I mean, they're going – how many picks – how many picks ago did Shepard go? I feel like they should all go roughly more or less in the same. Well, Sterling ran at the beginning of the ninth round. 
and we're here getting towards the end of the 11th. I see no reason why Shepard should go two rounds ahead of these guys. And I heard Slayton had a really good day with Daniel Jones. Either, either it was today or yesterday, but apparently those two had a really hell of a good practice recently. Yeah. It would have been nice if we got Christian Kirk this late. That would have been stupid. Oh, Kirk this late would have been. So, I mean, do you care about getting one of the best kickers or one of the best defenses at this point? It means nothing to me. I'm, I'll am i stream kicker and defenses till I die. In my opinion, and I know you agree with this, your league should be getting rid of the kicker and the defense and adding some flexes and a super flex. More flexes. We want more fun, more points. Yep. More decisions, more strategy during the draft. I'll be right back. Yep. Finish this off with a beer. So, yeah, we're just hanging out with uh, the fellow JGM today. We're finishing up. I started this podcast doing a, a, a first overall pick mock draft, but I got bored with it. Jesse's doing his real draft, so we switched to that. Uh, so if you're still listening, good for you. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, but, yeah, we had the 12th overall pick in this draft. He started with Nick Chubb and Devontae Adams. Uh, we came back with DJ Moore, and I'm trying to think who else it was. It was James Conner. And Tyler Boyd, round seven, eight, we get J.K. Dobbins and Debo Samuel. These are both really good chess pieces for our bench. We're not going to need these guys right away, which is great. We have our starters locked in. So we have the patience and some wiggle room here to wait for those guys. Uh, and then we added some really high upside running backs and Antonio Gibson, Boston Scott. So I think our running back room is pretty covered. Uh, but now we just got to we got to look for some tight ends and then maybe one more receiver or running back piece. So um, who's the one tight end that if you had to draft at least one tight end at this pick, who's that going to be? I haven't taken Hunter Henry a lot, but it is that seem like. Should I not be looking at worried about value here and just take the guy I want or do I just grab the value in Henry, it just seems like he's – he should have gone by now. With Mike Williams and not there, Henry's going to be – I mean, Epler and Keenan Allen are going to be the leading targets, but Henry's going to be the third guy, no doubt. Noah Fon is interesting. Gusecki's interesting. Herndon. Austin Hooper is apparently absolutely destroying Cleveland yeah, camp right now. Yeah, I saw those reports. Um, but to be uh, fair, Jarvis Landry's not practicing, so I wonder if that's yeah. – or the middle of the field thing. I'm passing on Irv. I don't like the Minnesota. Something stinks about Minnesota this year. Dallas Goddard is interesting. John is just as a guy. I think you wait on Goddard, Johnu, and Blake Jarwin. I mean, I love this. These tight yeah. ends. I'm going to be able to scoop up one of these in free eight. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm going to go ahead right off the bat and grab Darius Slayton. Um, that's the best. He's just he's he sticks out there for me. Chase Edmonds did just go, so I don't have to be tempted into taking Chase Edmonds here. So looking at my team, I need a tight end. I need a defense and a kicker, and I have one bench spot for the funsies. Why not Hunter Henry? Tyrod's, yeah, I mean, Tyrod's had success with Charles Clay before. He's He finds his big-bodied receivers tight ends fairly well. Sorry about that. It is my pick. Yeah, 45 seconds. Yeah, 45. How do the Chargers open their season? Their schedule is ridiculous. Bengals, Chiefs, Panthers, Bucks. 
I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and just press the button on Hunter Henry here. This is a, He's not my favorite player, but sometimes the value is just there. Yeah, you got to lose. And you're, you're yeah. still going to end up getting a Johnny or a Carl. So you're going to have it all covered. So I like I like where this is going. And it really sucks that you have to take a kicker in a defense. Like if I didn't have to take a yeah. kicker, I wouldn't take a kicker and just pick one up next week. Yeah, when you do a live draft, I mean, maybe you take a defense. Maybe you take one or the other if one stands out. You know, I usually take a defense because I'll, I'll look at the matchups for the first couple of weeks and be like, oh, this defense makes sense. But mm -hmm. kicker, I'll drop my, I'll drop a, I'll drop, rather load up on like a talent or like a high end pick and then drop one of those for a kicker week one if I have to. So let's see. Do we need to look at kickers and defenses? I'm, I'm not going to look at kicker. I'm going to look at defense. Uh, cool. Just options that I know I like. Well, I like the Colts. People are coming on to the Colts defense. They are. Dude. They really are. Week one against Jacksonville, you gotta like their schedule is so soft. I mean, my my strategy for defense is I want teams that are gonna win games. Patriots, Saints, Bucks. Yep. First six weeks for the Colts, Jags. They'll be favorited. Vikings probably be favorites. Jets favorites. Bears favorites. Browns probably be a good game. Bengals favorites. I mean, pretty soft. When I was doing my schedule predictor, I think I had them off to a four and one or five and zero start at that point. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm, I, you know, as a Colts fan, I, I definitely I err on the side of realistic versus too optimistic. But it's hard mm -hmm. to not see them in the first six weeks being four and two, five and one. Very relevant. Yes. Um, I mean, on my podcast with Sigmund Bloom, he. Broke the idea to me of a Colts Cowboys Super Bowl. Yeah, I know he asked you that, and you were like, "I'd watch it." <laughs> I didn't know what to think. But I, I haven't thought about having the Colts in the Super Bowl. I wish I had more to say about that, but uh, I, I mean, the Cowboys would have crossed my mind, but not the Colts. Like, if for the Colts yeah. to walk through Kansas City or Baltimore, who Bill Rivers is going to have to play some very efficient, take care of the football, just really super steady quarterback play. Yeah, uh, I think that's my biggest concern. They're going to be running the ball 40 times a game this year. Uh, I think that's – get it up to 35, 40 attempts this year. I think that's the recipe. Play good defense, convert third downs, and just keep – that offensive line, man, it's going to be the, the engine of that team. So it just pairs really well with the defense to be one of those teams that can uh, kind of ground and pound and wear teams down. Absolutely. Yeah, so now I'm trying to look for a defense that I like and – a little less pretty up in here. Who do the Broncos play week one? Tennessee. It's pretty efficient offense. Broncos kind of had a tough start though, didn't they? They played Tennessee, the Steelers, and another good defense. I think you're right. Chargers just lost Derwin James. Otherwise, that's a team I I've been targeting. They get Cincinnati week one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I got one bench spot. I got kicker defense. You know, maybe I'll just take my bench spot next and let the rest, let the rest fall. Right? I mean, maybe I'll just take a fun guy and I'll scoop up another tight end in free agency. Because I mean, if you look at this free, I mean, look at this pool of tight ends, dude. Jarwin, Smith, mm. Thomas, Goddard, Hooper. Hooper should not be a free agent. I think. No, I think. Fine. I think you take Hooper with your last pick. Oh my god. 
I don't get it, man. Nobody wants tight ends. I'm look, I'm thinking about our home league next weekend, and all these guys will be gone. Well, it's weird, man, because we got super flex. Can you just show me the quarterbacks available at this point of the draft? Because all those quarterbacks are going to be gone. Yeah. Look at this whole list. That whole list is gone right now. Gone, 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 gone. There might even be there might even be more tight ends available next weekend at this point of the draft. Yeah. It's just so crazy or different mindset here. This is just a very cookie cutter. The whole list is gone by this by this point. Yeah. So that means we're drafting like we're gonna be drafting Chase Edmonds's and we're gonna be drafting Hunter Henry's right now at the um, It just makes it more fun to have more flex in a super flex because you get to and you get rid of the defense kicker, you get to draft get fun like you get to draft fun players at the end of the draft instead of just like, oh, guess I gotta take a kicker now. It encourages imagination with your roster construction because you're gonna have a guy that's gonna start four running backs, Drake. You know, you're gonna have a guy yeah. that's gonna start two tight ends in the first five rounds, Josh. You know, you're gonna yep. have a guy that is he's just gonna load up on receivers and try zero RB. Or you're gonna have the guy that takes Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes, you know, in the super flat. Right. Which would be painful. It'll be fun. Not fun for everybody else. Um, Yeah, I've been – so, yeah, I downloaded that Football Guys Draft Dominator app. I've been playing around. I've been moving around. Uh, I definitely like getting a top four pick. But if I don't get top four, it's – I like falling back to that seven, eight range where sometimes Michael Thomas falls to seven, eight if you want to zig when other people are zagging. Okay. Seems like a value. We know Devontae Adams is not he's we're not, no one's drafting Devontae Adams in our league. Uh outside of my brother. He's probably trying to get a top five or six picks. Andrew Andrew would take Devontae at three or four if he had to. That's how ridiculous this is getting. But uh, <laughs> I, mean, I took Devontae at four last year. I had no regrets. When he played, right. he was a beast. He's um, a beast. I mean, he's a top, in my opinion. I think he's he's one of the guys I figured is like the top nine picks. There's there's nine or so picks that you feel good about. And then after that, in the first round, it's like, just get your guy. So let's run that back. It's, it's McCaffrey. It's Barkley. It's Elliot. It's probably Henry at this point. That's four running backs. Yep. Are you throwing cook in there? Yep. I threw cook in there. It's, it's still up right. in the air, but I think cook will get signed. Are you throwing Kamara in there? Kamara's Kamara okay. has been in there. I mean, you're going to have to assess it, but I think Kamara is still part of that. So that's six. And then you got two receivers yep. with Devontae and Thomas. And then I think you're going to slide Joe Mixon in there at the ninth. Yeah, it's either him or Clyde Edwards. I mean, I think Clyde yeah. Edwards might – you know, he's a rookie, but he they like him. I mean, they like him. Yeah. They're going to use him. He's the guy, so. He's going to get the PPR. And now that Mixon's signed, does, he, is, does that give you a tenth option? I mean, I passed up on him in my draft for Adams and Chubb. But uh, – before Mixon signed today, I, I did a best ball and I took Josh Jacobs over Joe Mixon. Um, I, knowing what I know now, I probably take Mixon ahead of Jacobs. At the I, I was the ninth overall and I took Josh Jacobs ninth because I just didn't know what to do. So I'm just like I feel good about him being at least you know something and it's a top fifteen back. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. You, you're gonna the fact that you can get Chanel, Johnu, Blake Jarwin. You know, this right. looks like it's going to be a really juicy waiver wire for you. I definitely like the options I'm seeing here. There's definitely like Duke Johnson's going undrafted. What the hell? When you get out of your draft, you have to look at that waiver wire and think, 
there are guys in here that are going to be end up being top twenty four at their position. Someone will, yeah. Like, and then you try and parse those guys and just kind of keep in the back of your mind, like, who are those options? I mean, maybe Damian Harris gets to be the starting running back. I mean, Nahim, yeah, Naheem Hines could all of a sudden take on a you know an Eckler like role with Rivers, who's the screen passer of the century. And rack up seventy catches. Uh, Duke Johnson. If David Johnson goes down. Duke Johnson's all of a sudden having fun with Deshaun Watson every week. Duke. We're waiting for Duke to be free. I mean, Derek McKinnon. You know, what's to stop him from being a starter? They right now have an undrafted Marine Mostert as their starting running back. Like, there's uh, Alan Lazard. Maybe emerges as that wide receiver two for A Rod. A Rod has supported multiple. He's supported multiple receivers in the past. I mean, nothing's going to stop him again. Do you know how many passes Naheem Hines caught last year? If I had to guess, I would say the number was around 50. 44. Okay. 58 targets. Yeah. 320 yards. He rushed for two touchdowns, and he also had 199 yards rushing. So he's pretty much a non-factor in the rushing game. You know, his value comes from being – Even more this year now. But uh, the thing is, Phillip Rivers has never had less than like 100-some passing attempts to the running backs – I know Marlon Mack's not much of a pass catcher. I know Jonathan Taylor's working at it, but he still has less than ideal hands for a, a, a PPR back. Uh, but I think he's a he's a fairly good pass blocker, though. I think that's probably one of the areas that he improved the most in his last year at Wisconsin. But, I mean, Naheem Hines, what's the over-under on targets this year? 60? I'm taking the over on targets. Yeah, Probably. Unless a wide receiver two emerges, um, Jack Doyle is not proven to be able to stay healthy. Trey Burton's there; they like him, but let's see how he comes out. You know, Naheem Hines is like their de facto wide receiver two right now until somebody shows otherwise. I'm looking at my Colts projections, and it's really hard. Like, I'm I'm kind of lower on Hilton by default because it almost feels like you have to pencil in him missing two, four, five games. Um, yeah. So I have him just under a thousand yards, but I got him at seven touchdowns, about sixty-seven catches. So I think Hilton, you can get him at wide receiver three, four prices and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't know what to do with Pittman or Campbell. Like I have those guys basically projected for the same amount of points, targets, receptions. Like their numbers are very identical. Um, so I don't really know what to do with those guys. So if you're looking at the Colts offense, it's I mean, Jonathan Taylor is probably the safest player to pick and then i'm really looking at naheem hines as one of those guys with your last picks absolutely he's a guy that can catch 50 plus balls this year yeah and a full ppr and i know this is a half ppr so that probably changes my motto on him a little bit but uh, most of these leagues nowadays are full ppr so i mean aj dylan in the last dude i can get aj dylan on my bench joshua kelly like what what is going on the damian harris one's probably the most interesting to me yeah, to me as well, just because he's of this list. He's, he's the closest thing to a starter. Yeah. He's already running with the one. Sony Michelle's on this list. I mean, this is just if you're in a standard league with just the basic ESPN settings, there's gonna be some talent. Can you scroll down just a little bit more on those running backs? I'm just curious to see. Yeah. Oh Zigbo. Oh Zigbo's starting week one. You don't know if we want the Jville running back though. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm fading it. I'm fading that situation for sure. Yeah. Um, All right, I think I've seen enough. <laughs> yeah, it's, when I see Frank Gore, I say, okay, starting running back for the Jets. Austin Hooper. Yeah, so at this point, I'm probably, I, 
you know, I don't have to take Janu and Blake. This is an amazing thing. I just take the best there, and I'll see what the what happens week one. All right, but you have to ask yourself, like, which of these guys, who, like, because you, I mean, you could cut somebody on your team, but I, I mean, ideally you don't have to. Right. Who do you have the best week one that, like, if you could pick up, say these guys are available right now, who would you pick up to start, like, next week? Who do you think has the highest upside on, like, a week-to-week basis? Well, I, I really like Johnny Smith for the, the year-long perspective. I don't like him week one against Denver. Denver is notoriously good against tight ends. Um, so I'm not worried about him after week one. But I might pick him up week two to play the Jaguars and just roll from there. So I'm uh, just fantasy points here allowed. Uh, you kind of, like, I actually thought that the Broncos were notoriously bad at, against the tight end. I thought they sucked against the tight end. Did I, do I have it backwards? I think I have it backwards. They were like the 10th worst team against tight ends last year. So, Johnny Smith on. And then here, let me just, so we got a minute here. I just want to tell you, yeah. I want to give you the tight ends that we're looking at. I'm going to give you their, my, my projected target share. Um, so we got Johnny Smith at 17.08% target share. I have Hunter Henry was, was a good pick. He's at 15.64. I have Hooper at 15 and basically a quarter percent, and then Blake Jarwin at about 13.72. So Johnny's man, he's getting the targets. He's the, he's the second. What, what, what do you have Herndon at? Herndon is just below Janu with 16.33%. Um, so Janu's my seventh best tight end in, in target share. Herndon the eighth, Hooper 11th, Jarwin, Goddard's 12th, and Jarwin's 13th. But if you filter, if I filter my half PPR points real quick, Johnu Smith is tight end nine, Hunter Henry tight end ten, Herndon eleven, Jarwin twelve, Goddard thirteen. Like they're all stacked up against each other. So I think I'm just gonna take Johnu here. He's the guy I have the best feelings about. I don't want to miss out on him. Wait, make your pick. And I think he's got like the most. Can you? So you can't take a tight end. This is bad. Yeah, look at, I can't take any of these. ESPN. I gotta take a defense or a kick. Uh, no, let's get that defense in, man. Who's going to win games? Who's going to win games? I mean, frankly, I just want to take guys who are have good week one schedules, but I don't yeah. even feel good about any of these. Saints play Tampa Bay, and nope. they play Oakland or Las Vegas, and they play the Packers, the Lions, <laughs> the Chargers, the Panthers. So uh, I don't like Tampa Bay. I don't like Green Bay. Broncos play Tennessee. Chargers play Cincinnati. Burrow's opener. I don't know who the Cowboys play. The Rams, so not doing that. Seattle plays Atlanta. I honestly think I have to go Chargers here just because the week one matchups. There's really not much better. Do you, think any, do you have any other thoughts here? We talked about the Chargers schedule. They're going to have a good pass rush. They're going to start off against the Bengals. Then they play the Chiefs, which we probably don't want to start. Then they play the Panthers, and they play the Bucks, the Saints. Dude, I don't think you should take the Chargers. Uh, we just took them away. Uh, took them because of week one. I'll, I'll, I'll pivot after week one. No one's going to pick them up against the Chiefs. So, yeah, you can – streaming defenses is probably the way to go. So, yeah, Eagles play Washington. Was Philly defense available? That might have been a good play, although Terry McLaurin wrecks them. Uh, he had two of his best so teams. I, I was actually – for the longest time, they were like, when I, you know, I just make a quick little doodad of like what defenses I want 
for the last round, and I looked at the Eagles and I saw that, but then I looked at their matchup last week with the Redskins, and it was like 40, 40 something to 35. It was like insane. Yeah, it was a loser. Um, I'm just trying to think of any other defenses that maybe. I mean, I really wanted the Colts, and they, they got. At this point, you have two weeks to prepare to see who your week two defense is. You know, you can look at the streaming right. options, we'll have more data points, more more information to go on that. And basically you're just going to be targeting, you know, a defense or two every week. Uh, so I think that's totally fun. Yeah. So I got to take a kicker here and that'll wrap my uh, team up. Kickers. I pretty much stream kickers too. I want kickers who are heavy home. I want kickers who, well, usually home favorites, probably not going to matter a whole lot for this year with the lack of fans, but I want kickers who are big favorites in a dome. It's pretty much our, you know, that's pretty much all I care about. I like, honestly, I think I'm going to go chase McLaughlin week one. They yep. play Jacksonville. It seems. Oh, yeah. Young way. Yep, yep. It's a game against Seattle. That could be a grinder game. Or do you think that's going to be a high-scoring game? What do you, what do you think about that? Uh, I, week one. Young Ho Kuz, he's been, he's been one of my favorite tight ends or my kick, favorite kickers to target. And that game's probably going to be in the, the high 20s, high 30s. I can see it coming down to a field goal. Uh, yeah. But I, I, we just got a question in the chat here asking what, what are our thoughts on James Conner? Kind of want to trade him for Lockett, but I'm scared he's going to get hurt like he always does. So there's always that injury concern with James Conner. Um, do you have – is this a keeper or a dynasty question? I don't. I guess I don't know what league you're in. Uh, but if, if you can acquire – Conner is my RB3 and Will Fuller is my RB2. So, yeah, I would, I, if you could improve – your receiver position with Lockett at wide receiver too. I think that's a really good move. Um, is what, what would you pull the trigger Jesse on a Connor for Tyler Lockett straight up deal? Giving Connor getting Lockett. Yeah. And is this, is this a dynasty league or a keeper league or what are the rules for this? Is it, is it PPR? Assuming that it sounds like he has a, a weakness at wide receiver. He could use Lockett. Yeah. I think I'd pull the trigger on that. Yeah, this is, this is a half-point uh, redraft league. Um, so, I mean, I think James Conner's value, especially on ESPN, it's sometimes end of third, early fourth. That these guys would both be kind of be in the same range. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if yeah, if you're feeling good about your, your top two running backs, I don't mind, you know, getting Tyler Lockett there. I'm a big fan of James Conner, though. Um, and, I, I mean, it, it really depends on, on your preference. Uh, but we, I, I think I'd be fine with doing it. I don't know. Jesse, any other thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think the biggest concern on Lockett is his number of targets that he's going to be acquiring week in, week out. Um, the nice thing about James Conner here, I will say that you'll still be able to start him in your lineup, and he does for the first couple of weeks. I mean, he's going to be getting the workload. Yeah. So it might be nice to hold on to James Conner for those first few weeks when he's healthy, when he's getting his max load. I mean, week one, week two, week three, he could put up some really big numbers, and you might be able to, instead of getting Tyler Lockett, maybe you can go and get an Amari Cooper. Maybe you can go and get like a Mike Evans or a Kenny Galladay, get a little bit more value out of that. And what's cool is you have Will Fuller, who last I heard is he doesn't have any injuries or soft tissue, anything going on right now. So as long as Connor and Fuller are healthy, yeah, he agrees. He loves the Steelers schedule. So especially to start the year, I mean, you got both these guys healthy. I think you'd be basically trading Connor below that. I mean, if Connor pops off and he's a top five running back after three weeks, I mean, you could basically change him out for, you know, a top receiver like Amari Cooper or maybe someone like Kenny Galladay, even maybe someone's really desperate for a running back uh, one. 
and you feel like you've already kind of got your your healthy weeks out of them. So I think I would hold where you're at. And Will Fuller's healthy too, man. Jesse, like if if Will Fuller was healthy for a full 16 like games, what what is his upside? I mean, you're looking at a guy who could be Tyreek Hill level stats. No, no joke. He's got like a Julio Jones range of outcomes, you know, like a 1,400 yards, 12 touchdowns, like something crazy like that. He could catch four balls for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Right. Uh, any, any single week. I mean. Uh, Blake, I, uh, Blake Reno's in the chat. I'm going to ask you who would be your, your receivers behind Will Fuller because it'd be nice to know your depth uh, to see if maybe you, we like guys on your bench that were maybe you don't have to go get a guy like Tyler Lockett right now. Yeah, man, the Steelers schedule to start the year. Uh, I mean, they're, they're going to start off against the New York Giants on Monday Night Football. That should be a fun one. I'm, I'm excited to watch the Steelers. As long as everything's healthy and, yeah. and everything's running, the Steelers, man. Uh, so then they play the Broncos week two. A little bit tougher of a run defense. But then they play Houston. I don't know if I'm scared about Houston's middle. Tennessee, kind of a decent run-stopping defense. Philadelphia, Cleveland, Baltimore. That's kind of tougher than I anticipated. Uh, but if if Connor's able to stay healthy, I mean, he's getting – he gets two games against Cincinnati in the back half. He gets Jacksonville. He gets Washington. Uh, and then he gets – I mean, Indianapolis has kind of got a def- decent defense. But Connor's going to be getting a lot of uh, – a lot of touches, a lot of catches. So it looks like he's got um, – Deontay Johnson is his next best receiver. Uh, yeah, Giants have a do. They do have a little bit of under, underrated run defense, uh, but I'm I'm a fan of Deontay Johnson. I don't know who else you have behind there, um, but I mean, if you're worried about James Conner getting hurt and Benny Snell is available, you could sneak him onto your roster as like your last player if you're nervous about that. Uh, but it's it's never like if James Conner is your RB three, I think that's really good, uh, to really good value there because he's probably going to be a top ten running back every week he's healthy. So. Uh, yeah, I agree with your thoughts there. I just think he's he's worth holding on to for those first couple of weeks. I think his value right now, you're going to be able to get more value later on. I think right. that's the biggest point there. I mean, if Connor goes off, I mean, say he gets like 80-some rushing yards, but he ends up scoring two touchdowns and catches five or six balls against the Giants, ends up with like 25 fantasy points or something. I mean, then you can start to think about trading James Conner, and then you're, you're looking at a whole different tier of wide receiver to, to be targeting. So I'm interested in holding on Conner as long as he's healthy. But uh, um, Benny Snell instead of Jalen Samuels. Yes, I, Benny Snell has been um, the clear – he is the clear handcuff to James Conner. Uh, Samuels is kind of – I've heard Samuels might not even make the team. They like – they love Benny Snell as the backup. They drafted Anthony McFarland out of Maryland. Uh, McFarlane might be ahead of snaps for Jalen Samuels there. Um, and then with Benny Snell, he's down about 10 to 12 pounds. I think he's lost a good percentage of body fat too. He's kind of doing along the lines of those, you know, that Le'Veon Bell summer where they, these guys are kind of overweight their rookie year, then they trim up and, you know, they're able to be more agile and make different cuts and stuff like that. But it sounds like they are really happy with, with Benny Snell and um, for me, whenever I draft Connor, I make sure I get Benny Snell at the end just because I don't want to be fighting someone on the waiver wire. Uh, so, yeah, I would go ahead and get Benny Snell over Jalen Samuels if you could. And I think I think Benny Snell's still available in your draft right now. He is. I mean, I can't, I can't see it because I can't draft it, but uh, Duke's gone, Ben's gone, a couple 
couple quarterbacks, kickers, Daniel Jones. Yeah, so uh, Damian Harris did go, so that's oh, that's actually a really good pick by Bills Mafia. I needed a running back yeah. there. Not a bad one. Yeah, I mean, I'm staring at these all these all kickers. Just want to get rid of them all. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, at this point, I like the Colts kicker just because we talked about them being a more stable team running the football. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're gonna probably be, they're gonna probably be scoring a lot, man. And yeah, AFC South defenses don't really scare me, you know, especially against. I mean, they play Jacksonville Week One. That's probably four field goals for for McLaughlin and maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe three extra points, something like that. Um, so yeah, that's probably going to be a good time. Absolutely. Were you able to look at McLaughlin's uh, game game logs from last year? Because I, I mean, I have a draft on Saturday. I got to start looking for kickers too. Kickers, uh, man. Look at those. Look at those numbers. Yeah, so not just, bad. I mean, but 10, 8, 10, 14, 11. So I mean, it seems like every other week is a double digit, which is when I'm thinking about kickers. It's kind of you know, I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I can't remember what happened against New Orleans. I think they just walked into a buzzsaw that weekend. So I don't see that happening, if at all. You know, this year for the Colts. So yeah. bad game, sure. Two extra points in one field goal, four or five points, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I don't know. I think that's gonna wrap it up for this video, though. Do you have any other final thoughts or anything? I wish I had TJ Hawkinson on this team. Otherwise, I feel really good about it. Uh, I love the beginning of the way the first – you know, what's nice about a draft is I don't think the back half matters so much as if you feel good about your core. I think if you yeah. feel good about your core, then you can kind of work the rest of the secondary guys. And I really feel good about getting Chubb, Connor, Adams more. You know, that, that makes me feel – I'll sleep good tonight. I have all those guys rated as – Top twenty-five players. Yeah, so you know if you can start, if if you can feel, if you feel good about your core, if your core hits in your draft, you should be able to build on the waiver wire to make a play, have a playoff team, and have a real shot to win it. And I mean, as long as this this team stays healthy and on track, you're, I think you're going to be in good shape, especially with Debo Samuel hopefully picking it up in October. J.K. Dobbins, you know, bringing in some steam towards the end of the season. And then you got some really good flyers on Gibson, Scott, Slayton, and then Johnny Smith's going to be your hammer. Um, yeah. We got our draft, man. It's uh, four or five days away. How do you feel uh, about that? One of the uh, – I'm, I'm, dude, it, it doesn't feel real yet, uh, but I was just going to say one of the comments in the stream from our guy Blake here, he's asking how often we stream. I think what I'm going to, I think my plan this year is I'm, I'm set in stone. I'm doing a Monday night waiver wire show. And if I can get you or Josh or Dave or someone else to join me, uh, I think Monday nights are going to be my live stream night. And then I also think uh, I might do a Wednesday night stream where, so Monday I'm talking strictly waiver wire. And then on Wednesday night, I think I'm going to be just talking about my matchup, uh, my start sit column where we kind of just look at games and maybe we start, maybe you even talk a little DFS or something. So if you wanted to join me on one of those nights, uh, but I think Monday, Wednesday nights are going to be the nights that I do most of my live streaming. So yeah, man, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I'm, I might do another live stream tomorrow night yet. It's Wednesday night. I'm traveling to Green Bay on Thursday. Uh, I'll be there all day Friday. What, when are you coming to town? I'll be in Friday night, and I will be by you Saturday. Saturday. Okay, yeah, so we just got to stay in touch, and you can come hang out whenever. 
Um, Absolutely. Yeah, man, it doesn't feel like this is the last week. It's it's. Uh, I know. It's crazy. It is crazy. So yeah, so Saturday, uh, you don't have a. Do you have any time frame? I just, I'll hit you up when I'm. Um, I'm taking care of all my stuff on Friday. I got some. I got a haircut. I got an oil change. I got all that stuff on Friday. So I'll, I should be pretty much loose and ready to roll on on Saturday. So whenever we got to do that, we can do it. Um, but yeah, man. I don't know. We're, I'm, I'll talk to you tomorrow, so it, it doesn't feel yeah. like you know, right at this point. Uh, but yeah, Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara. Let's see what happens with those guys. Dalvin Cook, uh, a lot to get forward to. But yes, yeah, thank you for hanging out. Thank you for your time. And uh, you know, we'll see you on another stream, Jesse. I'm sure, hopefully soon. And uh, yeah, man, nine days till kickoff. We are we 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 made it, dude. It's September first. It's getting cool outside. I don't know if you noticed that today, but it was a little bit chilly out. It was. Falls in the air. All of a sudden, man, we made it. We made it to football. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for your time, and uh, catch us on another video. Have a good night. Peace.